Welcome back to Squawking Dead. We're so excited. There's so many things in the pipeline. It's just so, so excited. I'm really annoying people right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know we should ask for the feedback. Feedback. You can always give us feedback, actually. Feedback. Was that noise very annoying? Thank you. (laughs) It's not going to stop here. Welcome back to Squawking Dead, everybody. Um, We've got a lot of things to talk about, among them being... We are attending Walker Stiaker Con in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm quite nervous. <laughs> and she's quite nervous. I don't get nervous until right up until the moment. I was going to say you never get nervous. I'm fearless. <laughs> <laughs> and so full of confidence, too. There you go. Um, yeah, so Walker Stalker Con is happening. We'll be there. We are working on a couple of things we're going to keep on the down low. And we're going to be kind of <laughs> weird. I've thought of them. I haven't really communicated them to Carol <laughs> so much, really. Uh, she knows some major things. Um, yes, yes, everybody's chiming in. It's, it's, it is great. I'm overjoyed by that, everybody. And, oh, and Carol is too. No, she's more nervous than overjoyed. You know, I, get... I, I have, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mixture. It's like I get very, I, I'm excited, but I'm also nervous at the same time. And to be honest with you, it's kind of like my first convention ever. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been attending yeah. MAGFest for years. To be honest years. with you, if I, oh, really? See, I haven't gone to like a convention at all. And so it's kind of actually a good thing because we've always wanted to go to Comic-Con, which is like the mother, obviously, of all conventions. So this will be dipping my feet in the water yeah. of conventions. Yeah. So. Well, this is quite a jump. I mean, even No, for, I know. It's still significant. Yeah, even for me, it's kind of interesting because... I've always attended MAGFest and they, even though they have like YouTube creators that are on all the time there and, and like quite significant ones um, mm-hmm. uh, like Ego Raptor and, uh, and uh-huh. all these video game kind of reviewers slapstick dudes whatever yeah. so um, that's fine the stakes aren't crazy high these people are a lot more down to earth I, thinking about okay looking at Walker Stalker's Instagram feed uh-huh. I get, that's when I start getting really really nervous because I'm trying to figure <laughs> out it's not even like it's part of it is like what am I going to say right to all these people? How do I want to approach it? Do I want to approach yeah. it as a podcaster? Then I'm afraid I'm going to turn on the ham a little too too much. I know it's I don't know like I feel like there's I feel like in general in my life I just kind of wing it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I feel like that's been my approach to many things and it's kind of worked out. So I feel like I'm going to think about it quite a bit and then I'm just going to end up being there and just being like ah you know okay. <laughs> Thank you. It's like, all right, let's see how this goes. Like, I don't know, because you're right. I, you have to think about like, okay, how am I going into this as? I don't know. I don't know, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to figure out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of form a game plan and share it with you so we can kind of compare uh-huh. notes. I mean, the idea is that, so to kind of let some of the cat out of the bag, that... Uh, is that I mean I, I we're obviously going to have some recording equipment I'm obviously going to hook it I'm going to try to hook it up to my to my phone so we're going to try to do some mm-hmm. video I think mm-hmm. yeah, as we go we, I have some uh, lav mics that we're going to hook up to, to each other to each other hey guys Hi. Um, and we're going to um, yeah and we're going to just walk around I, I, I don't know I mean obviously I want to me- meet Nashville Negan shout oh out my gosh. <laughs> was that a little loud yeah it must have been no 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 I'm just saying he's significant yeah yeah he's a significant dude yeah he's a good he's beautiful nice. bastard um, yeah we're going to try to meet uh, as many people as we can uh, ideally and um, make the most of our time there yeah I mean I really want to connect with people I, wanna, I really want to bring them in some way I mean of course with consent uh, to you know get some recordings interviews stuff like that you know just and just really kind of what we do now we just chat you know hang out talk you know off the cuff 
and I'll you try know. to steer the conversation away from <laughs> heavy tangents. <laughs> so, what would also happen? No, you get you. You've earned the free I, reign. I know. I know. I, I'm. I'm all about the tangents. Unfortunately, yeah. I gotta rein it in. Yeah. Well, you've earned it. Like everybody else hasn't. So I'll be like, and I'll, I'll just bring my tangent stick and just slap them across the knuckles. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were gonna say just kind of like realign things, like. Droop, droop. Like focus, focus. Oh yeah, like a little, uh, like one of those little, like in vaudevillian times where you have, yes, the big, where you have the yes. big hook and they, you take big them off hook. the stage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I'll step off to the side and do that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Hey, TWD family seven eight two. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're you're on the Insta on the I know, Instagram. No, I know. I'm seeing it. Yeah. Aww, yeah. they're awesome. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you guys are here. And so, with that, now that we have people listening, uh, yes. I'd like to open up the show with a little podcast covering episode two, because <laughs> things are getting a little right. complicated. They are getting complicated. What'd you think of this episode, just off the cuff? You know, that's that's a really interesting question, because somebody kind of mentioned it on uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. We're getting most of our feedback from Instagram. Uh, Instagram is awesome. Which is really, it's a really interesting question, though, because off the, oh, just off the cuff, mm-hmm. not exactly, see, the word I use is mixed feelings. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I feel similarly. Yeah. But it's not really mixed feelings. It, it's... It, it's yeah. you know what I mean. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it, you're nervous. There's a little. I'm a little nervous. Right. There's I a little that, bit of nebulousness. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good term for it. I think that there is a lot of uh, what is it? Irons in the fire. I yeah. think that there's quite a few things going on. I think we got little morsels, little uh, nuggets of potential. Little nuggets. Yeah, little information that I think. Yes, exactly. Can build up to something or snowball into some things, which I think is interesting. And I mean, we'll we'll get to it. But I think it's definitely an episode. I mean, a lot, I I know a lot of people thought similarly. I think this is a set. This is an episode that's setting up some major things that are going to be coming down the fold. So I think it was kind of giving you some tidbits of information to start putting together as we kind of march towards the direction we're going into. Um, yeah, and then Aaron, obviously, oh, you know, absolutely. And it's like seriously, there, there's the. It's like you said because I kind of want to focus on the littler things. The bigger things mm-hmm. are obvious, like right? Action. The bigger things, yeah. The action, action. parts, are like I mean, that's almost like almost like a non-factor. Like I mean, you know, the Aaron part was such a huge part of it, but I. Didn't I found that I didn't even think about it as much afterwards. I was thinking about the other little things that happened. It was like, oh yeah, that's right. Aaron lost his arm. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because that's that's kind of like it's, it's like something you can't miss. <laughs> but but right. like the, it's the little things that get sprinkled in between things that yes. I started noticing. I'm like, I mean, and you don't kind of don't notice them until the second watch, which mm-hmm. makes me wonder <laughs> if this is like a ratings ploy. <laughs> like, oh, if, if they go back <laughs> to watch the little things that they thought they heard, you know, maybe we'll we'll boost the ratings a little bit on reruns and stuff like that. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's effective if that's the case. <laughs> well, you know, not everybody podcasts. <laughs> mm, true. Good point. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I kind of want you to lead this show and then I'll sprinkle in some of my observations because it, it occurred to me that like, yeah, I kind of got my lo- notes in a little bit last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I Again, really goddamn thorough probably, but... <laughs> I'm, I want to take a little bit of a back seat and kind of just, just go, uh, but excuse me, and then like throw, throw in my two cents. Oh my gosh. You are, you're, well, no, I don't, I don't think that, you know, that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think that we can go through it. I mean, I think, God, I'm trying to think like for me, like the things that kind of popped out, like when I was watching it, should we just start from the beginning and just yep. run through it? Yes, please. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, please yes. proceed. 
I think that yours more detailed, so I'd rather you actually kind of like. Oh, she's that nervous. No, because I remember no, you saying no. you were nervous about about the con. So I'm like, I think there's a lot swimming around up there in that noggin. Oh, just so everybody else knows, uh, if Carol breaks up a little bit, it's because she's on vacation. I am actually in another country. That's my level of commitment. That's why I'm saying that I would. It would be great if you could lead, and then I will jump in. <laughs> my points <laughs> because, <laughs> because to everybody else in the business center of her hotel she looks crazy you know what's actually funny there's actually nobody here and I, I wonder if there's an echoing effect because it really is completely and totally empty and it kind of makes sense because I don't know how many people go to an all-inclusive for business you know what I mean it's like a business center oh, everybody yeah. should have but really how much use does this business center get probably not all that much That's, in this oh not in at reality. All. Probably minimal. I mean, maybe people like you who come in during the week. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's like I, I went through the lobby from my hotel room and there's like, peop, you know, groups of people hanging out in the lobby drinking, you know, but I mean, mm, that's very interesting. I'm like, but there ain't nobody here in the business center. <laughs> I mean, I say that now and watch somebody who come down in like 10 minutes. But yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> it's like, hi. Like, Oops. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> Somebody come down. Keep it down. <laughs> Nine. So, but that's the thing about it. You know, it, what's interesting about the echo is that the echo in your house is way huger. It's just that's way so worse. That's so funny. I think it's because the mic thing, like I'm like right now, I actually, because of the conversation last week about, about the mic and how close, uh, how close you may not be. I actually. Well, I'm trying to be as close as possible now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But um, I, I actually put I actually because we have the same Yeti microphone more or less, and That's I actually right. t- I took mine off its pedestal, and for the longest time I had these mic stands uh-huh. that, I, that I got kind of like from a friend, and mm-hmm. I finally screwed it on, and like now I'm just using that, I, and it's gonna be life changing. Really, it, well, it is already because my hands mm-hmm. now can totally access a keyboard in case I need to do something, in case mm-hmm. I need to say hello to people and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just a lot, of, and then it's just right near my mouth. I'm not like bending over now to yeah. kind of get to the mic. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so much more free. That's awesome. That makes sense. Yeah. I to think about that. Oh, hey, Eye in the Dark. Hey. Aww. I just, you know, it's funny. You know, it's funny, Eye in the Dark, too. <laughs> I, I liter- literally checked to see who was in the view count and you popped up and I said hi before you got to sit, you know, send me that emoji that I can't see. What, what, what emoji was that, Carol? Which emoji? Oh, the one in the, or you just, you, are you not on the Instagram anymore? No, no, no. I'm seeing it right now. I'm just but, trying to see which emoji that is. <laughs> I keep, hey, so I keep saying the Facebook and the Instagram. I can't believe that I've turned into that, like... You have. You've become into that old person. That over-the-hill internet user. At least, like, look, can y'all do what I can do? Can y'all in stream in... Yeah. Can y'all stream three in three places at the same time? Yeah, old man. We use See restream.io. That? See that? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We're, we're not that far. We, you know, we're, 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 we know what's going on. Yeah, but I can't help saying it. I can't help saying, oh, hey, can you check uh, the Instagram? Check on the, is, this, is this more funny to say it like that? To say, like, can you check on the Instagram? It's just really weird because I only do it when we're live or something. Or, like, on the podcast. I'm like, on the podcast. No, I'm kidding. On the, on the, <laughs> on the podcast, on the Instagram. On the Instagram. <laughs> on the Insta- if I say the Instagrams, you have the my permission to kind of just, just take me out. You can just... <laughs> Just take my legs out from under me right now. <laughs> oh, Lord. So freeing. So freeing. So freeing. So um, funny. Yeah. So, okay. I'll start you off. Okay. So, oh, the first thing I noticed. What the conversation of uh, Rick, like, kind of doing his, like, what are you thinking about this whole Rick talking? Yes. Sort of, okay. Like, that's, exa- that's exactly kind what of I, what, storytelling. 
That's right, what you so, want to talk about? Right, yes. That the first Because if you think about it, the narration from the first episode, yes. which was really, I thought it was kind of warm, kind of cool. Instead mm-hmm. of last time of the Walking Dead, right. you know, like that nonsense, yeah. mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. it kind of brought it home. It kind of, it kind of uh, made it more personable. And like after all the pain that we went through in uh, season seven and eight, a little yeah. bit six. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a pain all over, but but seven, seven and eight were really tough to get through. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mm-hmm. tell everybody, I, I'm not ashamed to tell everybody. It's mm-hmm. it's rough, you know. You're, yeah. you're gonna get through it. It's cool. Um, it's a lot of cool stuff that's going on, but mm-hmm. it's just rough. And um, yeah. so to have him narrate it, it was it's just kind of a nice, refreshing take on things. And um, mm. and now I like how they're changing up the device, though, the the, the delivery device. And like instead of it being mm. him, um, at, like narrating the last time on Walking Dead or like mm-hmm. the Walking Dead, um, mm. it's him using his conversation with Negan mm-hmm. as a narration device. Yeah, I think and that's him- a very interesting approach. I wonder if they're doing that because it's going to tie into his departure. Like this whole thing is like him sort of kind of talking about his vision of the future before he departs however it is that they do his departure i don't oh, know right, right. and maybe this is all in hindsight bigger. too by the way it could be think it about it be. yeah it could be and this could be like if you think about it this could all be like negan's recollection like of like we're coming to his, yeah. his cell and this is what he you know and he's kind of in in a way, like after Rick is quote unquote gone, mm-hmm. Negan kind of takes over the narration, and that's what he told me. You know, like yeah. that sort of thing. You know, yeah, maybe. No, I th- I feel like this. There's must be a purpose to this. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there has to be. Yeah, on the surface level, it's 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 the idea that he's going right, which is great. I mean, I like the idea. But I think I like see I like what they're doing with storytelling here too. Like from oh, having yeah. ha, from having everybody around them, mm-hmm. you know, and and finding ways to insert all the characters that we love. It's like they're using a lot of like little devices that get us kind of kind of perk up. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's there's a rot with Regina. That's cool. I wonder what that's about. You know, right, right. That sort of thing. And like um, and just seeing everybody in pairs necessarily you know, kind mm-hmm. of like here yeah, and they're there. all kind of paired off. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You see that. Yeah. Right. I, I noticed something else later on, but uh, you know, when we get to it, I'll, I'll tell you when I get to it. Mm-hmm. But it's the mm-hmm. idea that, like, you know, the, that they're it's it's mostly instead of switching back necessarily from community to community, um, there's this idea that okay, Rick is walking and on his way to you know Eugene filling him in and Rosita and all that and and walking to the to the levees you know on the river and stuff like that. But he like he's walking around and these people are jumping in instead of you know us kind of cutting completely to a different location. Right. You know right. what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it, it, that's what they did last time and they kind of did the same thing this time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just a way of kind of keeping the flow going without having to keep our eye off the ball which was something that was definitely lacking in the last two seasons at least mm-hmm. you know no i agree i agree completely so so yeah the episode started off with that with like rick kind of like having this conversation about how they're, they're building and they're growing and and all of that and you know how we basically like you know they're building this new future kind of like the, the preview that they keep showing basically in the commercial like this yeah, was him yeah. looking out and seeing you know all the work that they're doing and all of that um, yeah, that was kind of like the beginning, right before the the opening theme, wasn't it? I think it was like that. His his kind of dial, his his narration. Yes, it was right before. Into, yeah, and then we go into the opening theme. Yeah, pretty much. I think I don't remember when the theme came in. To be honest, I think I think, I think that's what happened. And then I was like, all right, now we're back to you know. It, yeah, back to the way the episode kind of goes. Until yeah, the, exactly. Until the end of the episode. Right. right. And then well, we get the. And we no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, did did you think that they were gonna open up with Negan right away? Um. 
part of me didn't thought they would do this cheap thing of <laughs> just doing it at the end. Yeah, I I expected more of him. I, I think I kind of expected. I mean, but you know, they love to tease people with this kind of stuff because they love to tease people with the imagery of like, oh, they they kept showing all the time the stairs going down, and that's Negan. But in reality, we see that those stairs that they kind of kept promoting in like the commercials, everything is actually the stairs leading down to Maggie's jails. You know, jail cells where you know we see that. Um, is it though? I, well, I guess yeah, so, yeah. Because like, we never see like Rick go into the cell to talk to Negan or to that area. We just see kind of like Rick sitting himself down in front of like what we end up obviously like seeing that it is Negan's cell. Right. But like the shot that they always show of like um, when they were kind of promoting the season, like this the stairs leading down with like this light or whatever. It's, you know, it's actually Maggie's real cell because mm. like, we see that scene. Yeah, I guess so. so. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't pay too much attention to that, but I, I did notice the similarities at least mm-hmm. at the very least i didn't notice um yeah. but yeah yeah it could be yeah so i mean i was i don't know what i expected from like the negan thing i, I mean i i think i did i guess i expected more of maybe i expected that to be weaved into the story a little bit more you right know, that, right like, expected like, a little bit more negan yeah that we would go in and out of these conversations you know kind of like okay you have this bit of conversations and we go back to what's going on we go back to their conversation and we go back to what's going on you know just kind of as they're having their conversation we go back to what's happening and we kind of you know maybe necessarily compare it to their conversation especially since they're talking about like oh you know it's people's nature to come together and Negan's sort of like eh, you know that's gonna go to shit <laughs> and like, gong you know, <laughs> you know because like Rick's thought is like oh it's people's nature to come together and Negan's thought is like it's people's nature to like bicker and like you know butt heads and like when all that crap starts to happen you need somebody to keep them in line keep them in line you yeah. know like so but you, you know be, why they didn't do that though right why because it's it kind of breaks the flow the the, the effort of yeah, them no, having this you. flow yeah, you know no, i get you and That's as much as we all want a little more negan in our lives if you think about it, it it's clever because it holds back like the more you hold back and you know that's the thing. It's it's when you can. See, it's like we'll take the analogy of the levee. The the levee holds back water, right? You know, from being spilled over into the um the basin, right? Yeah, no. So, for sure. but you know, it's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. just over that levee, right? Yeah. And, and that's Negan, man. That's right. seriously Negan. Yeah. And um and and so like you know it's there. You know it's coming. You know there'll be more of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So holding true. back is appropriate because it's kind of like well you can't give the you can't give the audience exactly what it wants right now. Like you got to delay that gratification and when you get it oh you'll get it <laughs> yeah no, that's true it's like they're, they're not gonna and i think because they there was so much negan before it's sort of like okay you know he's he's away for now but he will be out and, yes you know this is all building towards that so i get it i get the technique i understand and speaking about eye in the dark 2 asks how do you think negan gets out and actually that's a very Ooh. interesting question because we kind of know from the comics i was gonna say i don't want to like you know give it up well, but we made a resolution that that's okay it's okay if we do that okay um and knowing actually, that well and the fact is they might go a completely different direction Who exactly knows? and at that's point, that's kind of why yeah at this point it could i mean look carl's dead <laughs> so and, and fyi he's very much alive in the comic so anything's time, possible right. anyhow so yeah i mean yeah. in the comic in the comic basically negan is you know basically freed from his jail cell by a kid i mean really just a kid from the community really that right. um Henry? <laughs> Essentially. No, not. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Henry, yeah. Henry's of all people. One, of all people is going to be Henry. You know, that would actually or, be. Or the ghost of um, Gavin. 
I mean, it would be very appropriate if Henry Rowe wanted to do it. But I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it was like some kid that basically spurred Negan out of his, his jail cell because he was bitter and, and pissed at, at what was happening over in Alexandria. And so, you know, to kind of, you know, kind of be like, I'll show them and sort of like find like a new confidant or person to kind of take over. He frees Negan, which, you know, doesn't end up working out for him. But so, it, I mean, what, what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of remix that a little bit just because the way it happens in the comic is so, I guess, un, uh, I don't want to say insignificant, but it's not in any way that's very like, I don't know. Like, I'll give you like another example. And this is, and this will all be kind of clarified on my you know, comic corner piece. Oh, I please. I would publish. love to, he- to yes. read your comic corner. Yes. I, I actually know. Oh, I can't read it. That's, that's, the, that's the deal. Oh, man. That's true. But I love it. So should I, so should I mention this then? Uh, yeah, just do it. All right. Just do it. It's good for the goose, right? I'll just remember to forget it. Okay, there you go. (laughs) With Gregory's hanging. Yeah. That is exactly how it happened in the comic. However, the steps that how we got there are different. In Mm -hmm. the comic, Mm -hmm. Gregory does conspire with... with a couple to basically um, kill Maggie um, but for different reasons um, Uh than what happened because the reasons in the comic are related to Carl and obviously Carl isn't here so they basically reworked things to kind of get us to that point which is fine Um, but in the the comic it's it's more poisoning Maggie and obviously on the show you see that it's this assault which is far more dramatic and more impactful to me personally I think that they were right to kind of handle it the way they did on the screen because the way it was done on the screen to okay Okay, oh, somebody to face Glenn's, uh, you know, uh, uh, grave or whatever. And she goes, you know, with the, pushing this stroller. And all of a sudden you see this figure, stroller gets pushed over and she's getting assaulted. I mean, it's it's far more impactful than the way it's done in the comic. Yeah, made quite a choice with that stroller, yeah. Yeah, so I think like the way they chose to go about it visually made sense. And we still got to the same outcome. You know, we still got to the same outcome. And I think it made the reasons for, you know, deciding to hang Gregory more compelling by doing something like that that was much more visually like whoa you know as opposed to like oh i'm just gonna slip this in their drink it's like eh, you know it, it doesn't have the same visual kind of impact I right think. right or dramatic like dramatic shocking effect. impact right right it doesn't have that same dramatic effect you know that the way they they chose to do it which i'm glad they chose to do it that way so i wouldn't be surprised when it comes to freeing negan from the cell if it happens in some other way maybe somebody else like a significant character breaks him out maybe it's we know that there's a new group that joins um right. you know the the, the the show um and we've seen it like the characters named Magna and like the other members of that group, it could very well be possible that they could potentially like break him out of the jail cell because Oh yeah, it, like what's this guy, what is this all about? Like why right, are they keeping this guy in Why are they keeping this Because that does happen in the comic and then, you know, they kind of realize like when Negan's talking, he's like, wait a second, this guy's full of crap. <laughs> you know? And then sort of like decide, nah, we're not gonna let you out, you know? So but maybe they maybe they remix it and say, Yeah, you know, they this group will be the ones to like spring him, you know. Potentially it could be. Yeah, possible. I mean they could really honestly do anything, but I do think they're gonna hold back on the Negan thing. I think as they will. As much as possible. I think they will, yeah. yeah I think they'll like, be very selective. With oh yeah! How they choose to, you know, play their cards. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm going to keep a close eye on the time too, which I have in front of me, uh, so oh. that we can stop the Instagram stream and redo it. Um, ah, okay. So everybody knows there, there'll be multiple parts to this uh, to the Instagram stream at least, you know, just so that we can break it up and have archives. 
Um, oh, smart. Yeah. I'm. Well, you know, just you got to do it for the uh, TWD family, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And by the way, I in the dark too. Uh, uh, Carol could not say enough how much uh, that baby Herschel pushing stroller thing really freaked her out. <laughs> like we talked about it last Did it freak- week. Oh man, that thing. Like I don't know what it is. It's the mom and me. Put some kids in there, and like all of a sudden, it's like yes, I, I would. Yeah, I would have hung yeah. Gregory immediately. I'm like, no, but it's just the, the visual, the sound of all of this happening and like a baby on the floor crying. I mean, the whole thing was just like... That stroller was... That was like... That made a sound when it fell. Yeah, no, like, everything. It was... Oh, no. Hell no. No. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. 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 That would not... Mm-mm. Right. Exactly. My estimation of Maggie grew 50% <laughs> by the end of the episode. I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, by default. I guess so, right? Why not? Yeah, you know, what can I tell you? Like, yep. Yeah. Gotta side with Maggie on that. Well, on on this one thing, though, um, with the Negan, Rick talking to Negan and everything, because um, by the end of the, no, not by the end, even like by the beginning, because he says something about like not having caught up in a while. What in your estimation is the reason that you think that Rick makes a concerted effort to kind of bring Negan up to speed? I think that he needs validation. I think that he has doubts and I think that things aren't going smoothly, but he needs that reassurance that like, this is what it was before and we're in a better place, you know, which yes, they are in a better place, you know, very true. They are in a better place, but I feel like it's, I feel like deep down, Rick has his doubts because of, you know, obviously what's going on in terms of like his relationship with Daryl, you know, even Maggie's feedback. I mean, look, I mean, if you look at Maggie's feedback in terms of his, uh, his, his request for, for, for food, for the saviors and all that, it's a very authoritarian, you know, stance. She's like, look, I have my own problems here. I can't think about other people, but right. they lost the war. So we're letting them live. So what's there to talk about? Isn't that enough? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, like. She has a very, you know, and, and even when she's like, okay, you know, like, we'll do this, but they have to, you know, provide the labor and whatever. I mean, again, how different is some of this stuff from what Negan was doing? Not completely, obviously, Negan took it to another level. But the idea is that when it comes to governing people, you know, there are very different ways that you can, you know, you can take a more socialist, democratic approach the way he <laughs> does. You know, I mean, I would, you know, just saying. Then, you know, there's Maggie that's like, I mean, again, I always go back to the same example, which is Negan murdered Abraham and Glenn and various other people. And Rick basically gave him life in prison. Mm, And Gregory attempted to murder Maggie or conspired to murder her. Let's say, you know, conspiracy to murder in the first degree or whatever. Didn't succeed. He's hung and executed for everyone to see as an example. Right. So it's it's a very different approach to things. And I mean, you could say, I mean, it's very hard to kind of point the finger at Negan because I mean, what Maggie did is not all that dissimilar for something from what Negan would do if it had been him. You know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. And what's good for the goose or whatever. Yeah. Like he would, he really would, you know, he really would probably take a very similar approach. I mean, I mean, if you think about it from last season when Simon conspired to kill Negan, I mean, he, he yeah. immediately murdered all of the guys that kind of sided with Simon. They were immediately executed. And then the one, and then Simon himself was like, okay, well, you know, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. So right, exactly. But here's, yeah. the, here's the thing. And, that, and that's, it's so great that you brought that up. And I wasn't, but then, but then you did. It's this idea though. Negan mm-hmm. does something that's very interesting and it's not what Maggie does. It's not what Daryl does, not what Carol does, not what mm-hmm. Rick does. Right. He brings the 
the accused in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. They kind of they kind of have the words that need to be had. Like this is what this shitbag did. Right. And and here's what I'm gonna do instead. Instead of just just executing him, we're gonna like it, it's gonna be like the show of strength. You know. Right. I'm gonna take this guy down in front of him just to show you guys what happens. Right. And, and I'm giving him a chance. You know, if he can beat me, I'm he deserves him, yeah. to be up here. Right. Yep. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so and so in effect, what he's doing is he's kind of getting everybody on board with what he's doing yeah you know what i mean and that's the one thing and that's that's so weird (laughs) for a bad well it's not weird because a person it really does show his intentions like Mm. at at the end of the day and at it at his core his whole thing is about saving people I don't think it's all about being malicious. I think I don't think he does it for its own sake necessarily. No, I think it I does think morph so. eventually, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think it comes from a place of like keeping everybody together. If mm-hmm. you know, like this sense of this weird mangled sense of fairness, you know. But that in any case, because of doing that, um, it does keep people in line, which is the ultimate goal. Is just you know, I'm a teacher, or was it? Was he a teacher? He was a teacher, right? He was a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that was his way of keeping people in line. Is just figuring out a way to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's all about that. And, and you can tell. That's that's something he learned as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I need to grab their attention so I can, you know, I can, you know, teach my lesson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah, exactly. my co-teacher, Lucille. <laughs> so, okay. So, so the whole talking with him is really more just Rick is just validating himself. He's basically talking it out. He's like using him as a, as a therapist, like a... I think so. Yeah. Like a soundboard, as they, as mm-hmm. they say. I agree. Okay. I thought maybe that there was maybe even something more going on. I didn't really know what, but I thought it might be a good idea to ask. Yeah, that's my interpretation. That's yeah. what I think. I think that's what most people say, too. And I think I think some of the people in the background have said, have said as much. Like, I don't know if it was Andy Lincoln or Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but they've said something to that effect. Like, that's what he does. That's He's just trying to validate, you know. In spite of all the bad stuff. Right, right. So um, so the main thing about this episode is obviously the bridge. It's called yes, the bridge, and it centers bridge. around the bridge. It all revolves around this bridge. Yeah, which represents a lot. Literally, I was going to say, literally, figuratively, metaphorically, however you want to call it, it's yeah. all about this quote-unquote bridge. Weird how that works. Yeah. And it works in, like, so many multiple facets. Like, obviously, yes. the, the interpersonal community dynamics, but even, like, things like... Like, okay, mm. Jesus finally speaking up. Yeah. He builds a bridge with Maggie, like mm-hmm. a discourse. Because mm-hmm. before it was kind of like he was afraid. You know, obviously he w- he trusts Maggie, but he doesn't even he doesn't trust her enough to feel like she is not going to bite his head off or something. Or, right, right. Or make her feel like he's conspiring against her. Like he doesn't know. And so he doesn't even take a chance. But he trusts yeah, her. I think right, he trusts right. each other. Same thing with yeah. Anne and, and Father Gabriel or Jadis, right. if people prefer, right? And so weird. I'm still getting used to Anne. Yeah, I always have I, to say Anne slash Janus. I feel like we still have to qualify that because, yeah. and specifically because of what what we may see I know. going down the line. And because there may be, you never know what the series, people have a tendency, I mean, fear does this too. Like people have a tendency to kind of fall back to old habits. Mm-hmm. So you never know, right? But yeah. uh there's that there's that there's okay oh even like small scenes like rosita and iraq just mm-hmm. having that um that con- that short conversation as they blow up now what were they trying to blow up back there it was i think my understanding is that there was the, um a rock a rock slide or, yeah that needed to be cleared out right as so a result like a of the hurricane elements. from fear of the walking dead <laughs> Which is yeah. it's probably true, though. It, it very well could be. I hadn't right? thought about it until you mentioned it in like, the last podcast. But you know what? I mean, it could be. I don't yeah. know. That's so bizarre. Aren't you glad you have me around? 
No, I mean, I, I did not think about that. It was like mind blown. Like, you, you, I, I felt like I crashed your computer when I said that. Yeah, I, I like, thought you, I either crashed your computer or you were just like, I don't know what you're saying I was stunned. Right now. No, I was stunned. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Like my, my mind had to like compute it all. I was like, wait, oh, well, yeah. I don't know if the time, okay, <laughs> upon thinking about it, because I've heard it over and over again in my mm-hmm. head, mm-hmm. I don't know if the time exactly matches up. Obviously now the time does not match up at all because it's 35 days later from the last episode, mm-hmm. by the way. So, mm-hmm. right. Uh, you know, it could have been that the storm was six months prior. Let's say, mm-hmm. let's just say that, and and that's where we are, or something, or maybe even a year. Let's say mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. and it, they still haven't recovered. And then finally, the bridge gave out. That's fine. It's right. close enough, right? Yeah. No, I mean it makes sense. Basically, they're dealing with elements that they have to contend with. They have to. They're dealing with environmental challenges. The bridge needs to be amended, and this this rock slide that needed to be cleared out. So we see them basically tackle the things this episode mostly obviously the bridge obviously yeah yeah main the main point so was really interesting to me this conversation on the bridge with um aaron kind of like chatting you know with daryl about changing you know i'm guessing gracie (laughs) yes it must be we asked we were like what's up with baby gracie and i was like there's there's your answer i was like from the jump man there we go gracie accounted for check (laughs) thank goodness to be honest i know because i was a little nervous i I was like wait a second is that judith or is that gracie (laughs) oh yeah yeah That was my concern. Like, I, I totally thought it was Judith when I watched, like, the last episode. And then I, then there was that little part of me that was like, what if that's not? <laughs> it, 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 is it weird that I have this weird baby fever? Like, I kind of want to see baby Gracie. Oh, God. No. I mean, I think it's very... I, I thought it was, like, a funny conversation about, like, the explosive diaper. Because I'm like, well, look, I know all about blow-ups. So, I was like, well... <laughs> And then <laughs> blowouts on the back. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call blowouts. Oh, they're not they're not great. Spoiler but alert, they travel upward usually. They do. They <laughs> up do. the back. It's the, yes. it's the grossest thing. It's the grossest thing and I don't even know how that happens. <laughs> Like, I don't understand. It's simple physics. <laughs> like, I don't understand how that happens. Like, every time, like, one of my kids had that, I was like, how in the world did it get this far up? I don't understand. I, I, could, I could tell you the laws of fluid dynamics, but it won't oh, make it any better. It's not going to make it any better. But we're past those days. My kids are past those days. <laughs> You, you think they are? No, I'm kidding. God, they better be. <laughs> that would be a tragedy. <laughs> like, that would be a tragedy. That I mean, be don't be ashamed. Bad. It happens, I suppose. But No, I'm sure, you know, things happen. But by and large, those days were, oof, those were tough. <laughs> those, those were kind of dark days or like maybe off brown. Oh, God. <laughs> but Aaron tells Daryl that he'll be a great dad. Yes. It was really I, funny. I was did, like, oh. What? I thought I said something about that either on the show or on Instagram, like the idea mm. that Daryl would be a good dad. Oh, okay. Uh, somebody had said something about, oh, if they get rid of Rick, who takes care of baby Gracie? And I'm like, ah, obviously Michonne, but if you think about it, why not Daryl? Everybody was saying somebody else or this person or that person. I was like, Daryl, why? Well, little ass kicker. I have a, I have a little ass kicker. Oh. Yeah. I have a little theory that that comment was said, and I'm wondering if it has. Okay, so here's my thought. My thought process on that comment. That's what it's all about, baby. And I don't know if there's any legs to it, but I'm just saying. So in the comic book, Rosita ends up pregnant. Rosita ends up pregnant by 
Eugene because in the comic, Eugene is a very different kind of character than he is on the show. Right. Like, Eugene in the comic is very different than Eugene on the show. Less so, weird, more smart, nerdy? Yeah, he's like smart. He's not some like Rick Grimes kind of guy, but he's definitely not like a nerd. He's 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 like a normal he's like a normal guy, really. You oh, know, he's, like, he's not like the smart Eugene. He's like this just he this is, guy. He's smart. He is oh, a okay. smart guy, but he's not like weird. You know, he's just a smart kind of like um I don't know, a guy maybe who 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 was like maybe potentially like a in in the sciences before maybe like an engineer or something like that but he wasn't right. so he wasn't some weirdo like it wasn't like that he, <laughs> he was wasn't some weirdo well you know i mean <laughs> yeah. you know like know he, he was like a normal guy whatever who, who had a lot of guts who was very kind of brave and would even kind of talk back to negan in the comic which clearly you know eugene never did that you know his his obviously he went against negan in terms of like the bullet manufacturing but you know basically uh you know, uh, being faulty and all of that, but that was, you know, kind of like a, a form of, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, what is it? Passive resistance or... Um, yeah. 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 Which he kind of... That was more his his way of kind of like protesting as opposed to like in the comic where Eugene was more vocal about his kind of like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to help your cause sort of thing. Right. And um, you can see how this Eugene in the, in the t- television series kind of works better as a device. It works better. Yeah. And it works better because, I mean, you already have a lot of characters that are kind of like the Eugene in the comic. You know what I mean? So yeah, they it's jump like, from the page, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. So because the, they have Eugene, to, right? Yeah, Let's face it. right. So, but anyway, in the in the comic, you know, because this Eugene is a different kind of Eugene, he's the one who ends up uh, impregnating Rosita, and um, obviously in the show, I highly doubt that would happen. But could be Daryl and Rosita. It could be. He, I love that you brought this up because I, I meant to write up my notes. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a good dovetail from even the first comment. But mm-hmm. now that you brought that up, I was thinking there's a theory going around. Okay. And it's been gnawing at me because there's a part of me that wants to say no. Okay. But then there's a part of me that, that wants to say hell yes. And it's that Daryl being gay. There are a lot of people that have that theory. But I, God, I don't know. I mean, there's not enough evidence to support that he's straight, I think. The thing is, I mean, he has been basically asexual. Like yeah. they have, they have had him as essentially like an asexual character. Like oh my he god! Has, you know, I mean, and so I just had a thought about that, but go ahead. Yeah. He, but he has. He, he's been sort of just kind of like ambivalent, like not one or the other. I mean, especially because in reality, everybody on this show has been coupled in some sort of way. I mean, everybody's been had some sort of romantic interest on the show. Right. I mean, down to freaking Father Gabriel as of like <laughs> Sunday night. That's it, like the that's like a good joke because it's like, oh, even Father Gabriel. Really? Even, what the heck? And then he'll Father, say in the background, I'm Episcopalian. <laughs> even Father Gabriel's getting some. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. and Daryl and Daryl nothing. Yeah, yeah. But which kind of feeds the theory, you know? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You just talking that out made me think of something huge. We keep thinking, okay, mm-hmm. we keep thinking that, and assuming that Aaron's going to end up with Jesus. Mm-hmm. What if Daryl ends up with Je- with, uh, with Jesus? No, what, well, that would be something. But what if Daryl ends up with Aaron? I mean, I couldn't it even, I didn't, it's happen. something I, mean, I would not see coming. But like when you were talking about it, I'm like, holy crap, the way he was grabbing Aaron in the episode. The way yeah. he's always been around Aaron. Right. You know, right. like from the beginning, yeah. I'm glad they were kind of reviving that friendship. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about it. it. That makes way more sense than Jesus now. It does. Now that you really think about it. And nobody it, it, would it, see it, it coming. It, I love, remember this conversations that we would have about saying F you to the comics people? Yeah. This is perfect. They're going to get so be. mad and I'll get so 
their tears will feed my soul. It's just so great. Oh my god. It could it could happen. I think that they're kind of like putting it out there either option so that we're kind of like not sure what direction it could potentially go on. Like go in. Like you I, have do you think people would see that coming though? Because I don't think people can see Aaron as much though. I I mean I guess if you're only a TV watcher. I right? think people would be shocked if anything happened with Daryl. <laughs> I mean, like, just saying, I think people would be shocked if anything, like, people would be like, it, it could, look, it could be Rosita, it could be, you know, Aaron, it could be Jesus, it, it doesn't even matter who it would be, the people would be like, whoa, I mean, it's been like almost 10 years, you know, <laughs> like, you, we haven't seen the man with anybody, I so mean, like, I would cry, I mean, if it, if it was Aaron, I would just like flat out, I'd be, I had this, this huge smile on my face, I'd probably cry and all that stuff, and I'd be like, this is just so beautiful. It's like probably the, it would probably be the biggest mainstream. People like, would be floored. I mean, people would definitely be floored. I mean, if you wanted to get people talking, that would be it. But I think that they know that there's one easy route that they can take because it is straight from the comic books or right. they could go that route because, you know, they, you do see, you know, Jesus and, and Aaron kind of talking in like the first episode, like the, the last, not, not the episode two, but episode one where they're, you know, fighting walkers or whatever. And he's like, Oh, I'm having a class at the hilltop. You know, Maggie's going to be there, you know, exactly. you come or whatever. So they start putting that seed there. Although if I think, but you know what though? I mean, they can still do the Daryl thing because if I think about it, well, that's kind of why I was saying it too. Cause like, Oh, obviously setting it, up it, Jesus and Aaron. But, because if I think about it, there is a sort of um, kind of love triangle, I think, that does happen in the comic, but I don't remember who the other player was. I know oh. it was like Jesus and Aaron, but I feel like there was somebody, it might have been, honestly, it, it might have been, honestly, um, Aaron's um, Aaron's man before he was killed. He might, oh. It might have been, it might have been him. It just mm. might have, that might have been the case. So like an earlier on thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let, but let I don't do- know. I mean, look, they could go there. They could go there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's something to think about. And if you guys have opinions, let, let us know. I mean, I know there's a lot of Daryl fans, which is like the oddest thing, too, because it's in it. I know we've mentioned it on the past. It's like Daryl is the biggest hyped up non-comics character that just A, survived, he's but B, this, is, is this huge favorite. He's a huge fan favorite. Huge. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind Daryl at all. I mean, I just think that my thing with Daryl is that I feel like he's been grossly underused in the sense that, but at the same time, I get it. it when you try to stick with it, with the comic, then that doesn't leave him with too much to do because if you're focusing so much on like comic material then you're focused on the comic based characters and he's not a comic based character so then where does that leave him right but he is a fan favorite he's a huge character he's been rick's like brother you know right hand for you know how many seasons and And he's had some really good material well, and he's had some really good material on this show. So I, I've always been like, come on, man, give give the guy more stuff, you know? And so I'm glad that, like, I mean, we see just from episode one, it's like the man spoke more in one episode than he has in the last two seasons. And yeah. everybody commented on it. Yeah. Everybody yeah. noticed well, that. They were like, whoa, Daryl's talking. Yeah, and I think they even brought it up on Talking Dead. They did bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, everybody noticed. It's Daryl like, speaks that we all said that at the same time. Yeah, that's what I said. Everybody said it. I was like, thank God. Okay. Yeah. So as Rick is panning around, the one thing I noticed was that, like, you know, you see scenes with, um, uh, you know, Rosita signing in and out the weapons, like in Alexandria. There's, like, Jerry and the... Who's the woman that plays Nadine? Uh, who's the woman, the character that's played by Nadine Marissa, the the Muslim character that she kisses? kisses. I don't remember her name exactly. But, you know, you see him coming out of the tent with her, and they're having this, like, normal life kiss sort of thing. Yeah. You know, I thought that was kind of cute, right? Yeah, it was very sweet. Yeah. Like, good for them. Everybody's getting some. Mm-hmm. Um, See, again, that's Daryl. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I also saw something else on that, and it was the signs. Though, if mm-hmm. you look at if you look at the signs, um, the one that goes to Toledo is going one way, mm-hmm. and as you're walking with Rick towards the bridge, there's one that sign that says the future. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, and, and it just occurred to me was okay. Okay, Bugs Bunny had this one thing. Like, I should have taken a ride at Albuquerque. <gasps> Oh yeah, huh. and I know in somewhat fashion. I don't know the exact line. Is like something about Toledo. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, like oh, and like Toledo could be hell, and the future could Somebody be. Somebody like... said that to, that the Toledo reference was in reference to Mash. Oh well, there you go. Never that's mind. what somebody. That's what somebody said. I don't that's know right. how accurate that is because I wasn't a huge Mash watcher. No, but... every time it came on, you just like flip off because it, also it's late at night for like when the run started was. happening. <laughs> it was always late at night. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, so that's, what I, that's what I was told. Yeah, yeah. Well, well there you go. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> makes complete sense. I'm wrong. Makes total sense. That makes, well, just... and also the tents and mash and you know, and then also <laughs> like the doctor, you know, Enid doing yeah. what she did later on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know that that whole scene looked very much like something from Mash, the tents and everything. And it's actually a funny thing that that just randomly came up because it did look very similar. Like the but way yes, Aaron was shot lying down. Stuff yeah, like that. all of that. All of that was just looked very much or even when um Daryl and um and um Carol were were talking in the tent with with Rick and all of that. I mean, it was all very it had that kind of feel, you know? Yeah. Like very kind of like I know the war's over, but almost kind of like if they were and if you're, you know, the boots on the ground or whatever. It just had that kind of feel. Right, right. Oh, okay, Henry Carol and Zeke. Oh, that was cute. that was a cute scene. That was very cute. Yeah, I mean, how cute was that? That, there... was, that was a very adorable. Well, especially when he's like, "Oh, when pretty soon he'll be over in college." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> but even the, like the thing with the ki- like, aren't you forgetting something? Like a mom would say. I know what the ki- I thought that was that was we've never we haven't seen that side of Carol in so long. If yeah, ever, Susie Homemaker thing. But like the yeah, the fact that sincerely. it was like the, the fact that it was the stick though. <laughs> He's like, like, okay, I don't want your love, but here's your stick. But she's not like denying it either, though. She she takes it. Yeah. Like obviously, like there's an affection there. Yeah, but it's it's kind of funny how well I I don't know if it's a change, but like okay, she was a mother, you know, Mm -hmm. and how. Mm Like, is she so far removed from that motherly role that like this sort of thing is kind of alien to her? Like with the thing with Henry, like like really not expecting the kiss on the cheek. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, question. It, like, think of like being introduced to her at first, you know, first season, and then like now, it's just so night and day. Yeah, it is night and day. I mean, I, I think that she's, I think that she's reclaiming a little bit of her old self while still maintaining this shroud of uh, protectiveness and and defense and defense that she always has. Right. Um, Which we're kind of still seeing there. Yeah. Away in this but episode. But it's still there. You yeah, know, of course. It's still there, deep down inside. Yeah, and Ezekiel, I think, actually ends up recognizing this too because he's he's basically telling her like I'm gonna slow down to your speed like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm I know what this is about I think Zeke is probably the most grounded of them all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually out of everybody in the series because I think for two reasons but I mean obviously he's smart <clears throat> he's slowing down to, to, to Carol's speed but there's also that moment that in all that war where he was confident and everything was going his way and then all of a sudden he lost all of his fighters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean that kind of like so he he's knowing he's he just does not want to take things for granted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean and, and you know what so to kind of take her love as it is right now for granted would 
being like, you know, what am I doing this for? You know, what? It's all about the small moments. It's about taking it in, you know. Yeah. Because it could all go away. So, yeah. So it's just it's just really interesting the way that if you take that into account, right? You know, right. in that scene, and it, it makes sense that he would slow down. You could you mm-hmm. could easily sl- see the show kind of take it to a place. You know, like oh, yeah. this is going to be a thing. He's going to keep asking her, and they're going to break up. But I don't think that's going to be his fault because of what everybody says is going to happen. Right. Because right. it happened in the comics. Which is on my, it's, which is looming over our shoulder, our, our heads, you know, like the back of our minds is like, okay. Well, yeah, I know. Like all this romantic stuff, like when I'm watching it with like Ezekiel and Carol, I'm like, well, this isn't going to end well, but okay. Like, I mean, and maybe that's uh, by design. Maybe there's a, yeah, yeah. There's a part of every, of, of it. Basically, there's no way that nobody doesn't know that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so people, everybody, comics watchers, TV watchers, like they're probably going, looking at the screen going, oh, poor Carol. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, she's going to be, she's gonna, her heart's going to keep thawing and thawing and thawing. Yeah. And then that thing is going to happen. And then what's going to happen to her? What is going to be the end result? And part of me thinks that, uh, you know, among the people that we're going to lose and maybe not immediately um, is in, further down the line is, is one of them in this season is going to be Carol. That's what I think. I... <laughs> I don't know because she doesn't she doesn't she die? She dies like, pretty early on in the yeah comics, exactly. So she's not around, but I for some reason I don't think they'll do it. I I think that for me like they'll probably keep her around because she is kind of like Daryl, such a huge fan favorite. Yeah. With all the change happening on the show, I, I think, think Glenn they, was probably the best Glenn fan favorite. Of, in, if I, I know, had to think about it. But I think so. that they really wanted to stick to dogma of the comic. I think that they really wanted to kind of like stick to what happened in order to vilify Negan to like such an extent that like your your fan favorite character was killed at the mercy of this guy. Well, yeah, know? it was already too heavy. Yeah, it was so like there was so much writing on it and it was so like such a huge part of the comic that I think that they were sort of like, nope, we have to we make have this to put her in happen. jail. <laughs> you know, this this moment has to happen or whatever. And I think I think Ezekiel's not making it. I don't think Ezekiel's making it past this season. Yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. I, I, I mean, think, they could do I a think, fake out. I don't know. I think that he's being killed off in spectacular fashion based on the comic, mm. based on the fact that we know the whispers are coming. I think yeah. he's going to be one of the casualties. And you know what? You know, we'll get to all of that because I, I do want to hold back on the whispers because I yes. think there's there might be a bit of that in this episode right because that it, it go it does go back to what i was saying in the last episode about the bridge it's like well two herds walking and meeting with each other usually the herds kind of just pick each other up along mm-hmm. the way right. not kind of not meet each other that's not how they usually work right 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 so mm-hmm. we'll table that um mm-hmm. so yep carol don't want the kiss Ezekiel slowing down to carol's speed hell no nah. <laughs> <laughs> hell no nah. Um, yes. Okay. One thing that we, so there's an observation that we made in, okay, about Eugene and how he did not belong in Alexandria, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the reason being is because while he was around, he was heavily underutilized. And what yeah. do we see in this episode? He's, he's utilized. Incredibly utilized. Yeah. Even like relied upon by Rick. Yeah. He was like, they were, you know, walking hand in hand and Rick kind of, uh, and, and Rick hanging on to his every word, you know? So it's, I'm glad to see that you know they are using people to their full potential as they should yeah yeah exactly it's it the hugest critique that we had about i mean i in my estimation that the hugest critique that we had was under 
Well, not really a critique. Okay, the reason why Eugene fled to the Saviors was because of Rick, essentially. I mean, part most of it was not his choice. But he embraced it because of Rick and being underutilized. And now that he's being heavily utilized, it's kind of like, oh, this is great. It's like, not only is he on, you know, they're all getting along, but he's being utilized, like, where he wasn't before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. And I think they made it... I mean, between the two episodes, they made it a really good point that he's being utilized. I think people recognized, or at least the writers got together and said, yeah, this is what we were waiting for. We were waiting for a moment where we can get Eugene back in the fold and, like, Rick not taking him for granted. That right, sort of thing. Right, yeah. Um, so I thought that was a good thing to... to, to no, and part of that utilization was him taking into structural account the levies that are going to break in six... The temporary level levies that are going to break in six days mm-hmm. that they need to kind of, you know, shore up. You know, so it's why they need to do the blasting now, because if they don't do the blasting now and lead the horde away so they can do it now, you know, they won't be able to actually get it done and they'll do double time. But whatever, you know, right. They have to get basically get the the herds away from the levee re uh, shoring up. So and that's kind of like the reason why there's this like sequence of events where things start to go wrong and, and et cetera, et cetera, because mm-hmm. it's a, there's a lot of moving parts. Clearly, there's a herd coming. They, they do the blasting to clear the roadside and then it has a, a double effect of leading them away from the, the river. Yeah. You know, which, by the way, the herd in question is called Horatio. Horatio. I wished I took the time because I know this is a Shakespeare reference. But I wished I took the time to look up the significance of what Horatio is and like maybe the foreshadowing mm. and using that name particularly. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. like I did with the crows last week? <laughs> so I wonder. I'm trying to look that up. Horatio. Yeah. I know. I mean, I know that they mentioned it on the show, but I, I, I mean, it was the same. I didn't get a chance to look up like Horatio. Why Horatio? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's usually what, what I do. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was pressed for time. I was very nervous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So there was this one scene I kind of want to talk about. I know we're going really slowly. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> we're barely making it a headway. But Eugene gives this person the side eye while they're spooling this thing, this like they're spooling this thread and Eugene's just kind of like like giving them the side eye kind of thing. Like what are you what are you doing? Like did you notice that little moment while he you know, while Rick was trying to talk with Rosita, I think it was? Mm. I'm trying to figure out what that was all about. Huh. I am not sure. I don't know. I, I might have noticed but I didn't I didn't get a chance to think about it too much. I'm not sure what it could potentially mean. Hmm. Mm. I just you know, worth putting a pin in. I don't know. This is a mm. weird scene. Like nobody things aren't shot without usually without purpose it's not like a b-roll thing but i don't know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yes okay and one more thing to note about that i mean as far as what i have in notes is um if you if you look at when rick starts to talk to negan it's 35 days after so that means that carol has been managing the saviors for about a month officially right. yeah yeah good so point. it's a good thing to keep in mind as we start to see things unfold mm-hmm um, Interesting. Kind more of particularly the next episode. Has passed. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so Enid and Sadiq. Enid and Sadiq, yes. So we end up seeing that basically Enid is Sadiq's uh, protege. On MASH. <laughs> yeah, again, <laughs> very MASH, very much so. Um, I, so thought was, I, I thought it was an interesting callback, though, um, how they were saying, and, and very realistic, how Rick was basically kind of directing Sadiq back to, um, what was he directing back to? Was it Hilltop that he was saying that there was an outbreak? Alexandria. It was Alexandria that yeah. there was an outbreak. Man, I was like, that's so interesting, you know, like, because th- this shit happens, you know, like, yeah. and it has, I mean, it happened at the prison. We remember what that was like, you know? Yeah, it so happened at Hilltop, technically. Ugh. Oh, you know? <laughs> that was yeah, gross. right. Poor so, Tobin. I mean, 
Tobin. Oh. But I mean, so I, I kind of appreciated that, that that comment there. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, don't forget what happened at the prison. So yeah. Did somebody say that, though? I don't Well, He just said that there was a bug, you know? He said that there was a bug going around. And immediately yeah. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> which, okay, I mean, there's a lot to say about that, which, I mean, not a lot, but it's like a lot to say that, like, okay, by now, between Gabriel, between the Hilltop, between, you know, you take these things seriously, between the prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't afford not to take these things seriously. No. Get your best doctor on this stuff. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a very good point, actually. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you if you look at Rick's comment, you kind of be like, oh, really? Um, this 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 chick's uh, effectively a f- field nurse. She's not a doctor. And there's mm-hmm. so many people working, and then possibly that could get hurt. Like, wouldn't you want your best doctor to sew people up and give yeah, them points no, and stuff like that? Definitely. Because yeah. Sadiq almost looks kind of like uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, you need me there, or I mean. Yeah, because, I mean, basically, it's like, if, if Rick is like, go here, I mean, whether he agrees with it or not, like, he kind of has to kind of do it, you know? When I say jump, you say how high. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> That's essentially it. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ricky Dicky Grimes. By the way, I, it's worth mentioning right now, and, and this is totally not The Walking Dead. It's more Squawking Dead related. <laughs> We're doing it. Uh, we're still on the air. Yay. That's incredible. We're still on Instagram. That's incredible. And we have That's one archive. In, yeah, we have one archive in the can. I just, it's worth remarking. Okay, moving yeah. along. Um, yeah, okay, so now that brings us to more, um, yeah, uh, Rick, uh, Rick and Eugene mentioning that the, well, that the bridge camp is even running out of food. It's not only just mm-hmm. the sanctuary, it's, it's, mm-hmm. they're just, oh, and okay, I, I don't know if he mentions it here. No, no, he mentions it down the line. Um, uh, yeah, so they're running out of food. Sucks. Um, and that brings us to that whole Michonne and Maggie scene, which, I mean, I think you should kind of go through because I kind of did it last week, but, um, you know Michonne, what I'm talking about. The, uh, Michonne the whole, and, uh, Maggie scene discussion. Yeah, that whole negotiation thing that kind of doesn't go right yeah yeah i mean maggie's basically kind of taming a horse when uh, michonne shows up and um so let's talk know, about that what do you think about that because that was pretty I cool. that was a, yeah i think that was kind of metaf- uh, a metaphor to be honest I mean, breaking breaking in a horse or is it called, is it called breaking in yeah oh, no, it's called breaking a horse yeah is it bra- breaking a horse specifically that's what it's called yeah i, I wouldn't want to be caught saying breaking in a horse because that could mean something else that could be bad yeah <laughs> mm, true true don't yeah. mess with livestock no. But, yeah. But basically, I mean, like you a have wild Mich- horse, you know? Yeah. Michonne shows up and, and essentially Maggie's, you know, taming or breaking a, a wild horse. And um, I mean, you can interpret that to mean many things based on the, the circumstances as they are. You know, if you had to like, pick um, one of those things that kind of just jumps out at you, what would you choose? Like, what would you think? I mean, just the fact that you, you she chose to execute Gregory and redeem the blacksmith or, or jail him and think that he is redeemable. So here she is basically with this horse horse and, and taming this horse because even though it is a quote-unquote wild horse she feels that this horse can be tamed and be a useful member to them damn I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of that honestly really but really but that's what cool though because i like getting these different takes because I, i'm kind of agreeing with you <laughs> like more like that was that, for me that's how i interpreted it. i was like because you're doing the same thing with with the uh, um earl that's his name i think earl oh yeah um you know he, you you basically jailed him because at the end of the day it's like this guy is your blacksmith he builds a lot of the tools that you use in, in your in your circumstances in order to basically farm and, and produce the agriculture that you have so he is a useful member of your society he's very useful right. um 
Gregory, not so much. I mean, let's be honest here. You know, he, he's not. Yeah. So yeah. at the end of the day, like, you know, that's part of it too. It's like, you know, are they redeemable? Like potentially. And then we come to find out that she really tries to understand more about Earl's circumstances and knowing what she knows about her own life in terms of her father, you know, Herschel and all of that. It kind of helps inform her even further to know like this is a guy who can be a redeemable member of society. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely get to that one, too, because there's, there's yeah. two parts to even that. But, um, mm-hmm. the, but basically, the- an interesting tidbit from that conversation with Michonne and, and Maggie is that mm-hmm. Maggie's been waiting for her ethanol, which apparently oh, yeah. never arrived. Well, but no, but I wanted to mention one thing about the horse, though, like, mm-hmm. or two things, rather. Mm-hmm. One is my first thought was, well, my first thought after you mentioning that was like, OK, wait, what about what if Maggie's the horse and she's just taming herself? That's deep. Right. <laughs> now, now, the one thing I actually did want to bring up that was, you know, it is the horse scene gives you a sense of stepping back. Because if you think about it, when we look at season two, well, I think it's season two when we made her right on Herschel's uh, farm. Yes, season two was the farm scene. Was the farm season? Right, she's on horses. They that's what they do. Also, you know, she's <laughs> she's riding around with Glenn <laughs> on horses. So it's what we knew of her. Like they they did this on the farm, you know. So it, it brings back a little that season two vibe, some of that familiarity. It kind of gives you a fifty thousand foot view of Maggie. Like it's so easy as we go through any series to kind of forget who these people were originally because i mean as you go like nine seasons in you're like okay these people go grow and change and they're the actors choose make certain choices um about the person's character that f- sometimes feels like they're not like the character that they were when we first f- started out and so to add that scene with her breaking the horse it kind of lets you take a huge humongous step back and see maggie for all the parts that she's ever um like all the pieces of her that she's ever portrayed throughout the series and kind of gives you like this this bird's eye view of of her as a character on the whole do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that's and that's kind of why you you see a lot of these people who say oh you know this gives me season one vibes this gives me you know early season vibes because they're making a deliberate attempt to kind of step into their their perceived roles from the start of the series, like what how people saw them from the beginning, and then adding all the other stuff that came after you know, as well. So obviously Maggie is still the way she she is by the time she talks to Michonne, but like it gives the opportunity to take a step back and, and remember the Maggie from before, you know that sort of thing. Right, 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 right. So um, yeah, that's all. I mean, that's mostly what I thought. And obviously the horse being her, like her tamping down her emotions just for. Because the whole purpose is not to punish the horse. The, the whole purpose is to kind of get it to comply so that they can have this cooperation sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So that could be her, like cooperating with the better half of her, you know? Anyway, yeah. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> My little rant. But yes, the negotiation continues. The negotiation continues. Right. So you were, you were going to get into Michonne and Maggie's negotiation. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was so much of a negotiation, but basically like Michonne trying to kind of appeal to her better, her better self, her better sense of self and basically telling her that, look, you know, they, they had the ethanol and, you know, the group was sending it to you. Like, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, disappeared, you know, like it's this fuel never, you know, arrived, which is we keep and we'll get to it, but we keep hearing about these, uh, Groups that just somehow just disappear, like they've just disappear. Like if you, if you don't stop to question it and say red Wait. flag, right, red right, flag. you could just move past and not even think about it. But we know, we know we, better. We know that this is kind of a big deal. Right. So basically, this ethanol never arrives. So and, to be um, clear, you're on board with what I was saying for the first episode. <laughs> it's I'm, already I'm, starting to happen. It's already starting to happen. Yeah. So it's. Oof. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But, you know, okay, we'll get to it. But that's fine. No, <laughs> I don't, no. don't want to say we, it right. Uh, we want, what we wanted to like jump into it now? No, no, no. Because it's at the, it's right at the end of the episode. I know it's at the end of the episode. Yeah, 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 we're yeah. all gonna we're gonna come to it anyhow. Yeah. So um yeah yeah I mean basically um Michonne basically tries to appeal to her better judgment and and they kind of get into this conversation about Earl and and what's going on and when are you letting him go and and all of that sort of thing and Maggie doesn't really have an answer for any of that. Um you know right. she's. she's she can tell, like, look, he tried to kill me. He needs to be jailed. As to what happens next and when he gets out, Maggie can't give her any sort of answer about that. But she says that she can stay. She's free to stay. You right. know, obviously, it would be a considerable distance to go back to um, Alexandria or whatever. Right. And, you are getting a sense of how far apart these communities yeah, are, too, it's kind of in the process. Yeah, it's kind of Because when I thought about it, I was like, well, man, I mean, if you're on horseback, it's like, oof, you know? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, not only that, I think, did you ever get the sense that maybe, um, yes, it felt like, these communities were far apart, right? But at the same time, I think season seven and eight didn't really give you the sense of distance. Like, yeah, they didn't. Yeah, we didn't get a really big understanding about it. Like you saw roads and stuff like that, but but when people say things like "Oh, you're free to stay the night," like implying almost like, "Yeah, I know how far away it is." Yeah, you know, it's not this magic thing where you just drive and you're suddenly there. You know, like mm-hmm. "Oh, I got there in ten minutes or thirty minutes or however long it is." You know, so mm-hmm. just you know and these observations observations like these are going to come up in some some of the things that i saw like a sense of space a sense of time there's a concerted mm-hmm. effort to kind of give you and a concerted effort to somebody who's not looking for it because that's the beauty yeah. of it like think comments like that um the way things are shot they give you a sense of space and they give you a sense of like um space in terms of distance between communities yeah. that you can't even feel but you start to appreciate like mm-hmm, these, mm-hmm. these, and then no, with, I agree. with the bridge as a premise to begin with like think about it this one bridge you know connects all of them together it's a big deal yeah it's huge it's huge and like you think like okay really come on but it's huge like they can't do anything without it they can't i mean not easily anyway especially in no and in this and in this day and age where it's like they're so limited in terms of resources and what have you it's yeah yeah it's it's considerable oh yeah and also with the bridge out that's what makes that distance that that distance so hard to breach you know what i mean so that's that's another brick in the bag yeah yeah it's good i agree that up um, yeah. So one thing you notice in that conversation that you may not have watched uh, noticed in the first watch is that like you notice how much of a first mate Jesus is to Maggie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and how much they lean and trust on each other. And, like, and they may not lean on each other as much as they could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like she's very open with him. He's very open. He's not as open with her, maybe because no. of the Gregory thing. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously a trust going on. Like she's open. She talks to him. She speaks freely. Mm-hmm. If, if she didn't trust him, she would keep most. She would keep her feelings to the best. Just kind of like what she did when um, that whole thing went down with pissing Dean. Do you remember? Yes. Like how she kept everything inside. She kept everything inside all the way until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. knew what was going on, not even the audience. Right. And I think, as a matter of course, I think she. And maybe as a result of that last conversation that the three of them had, Daryl and Jesus and Maggie. Right. Right. There is maybe a sense of trust there that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I did see that. Yeah. So, but yes, the power play, and then Michonne loses it. Uh, Michonne, <laughs> she loses the uh, the, uh, the negotiation. Yep. Maggie sticks to her guns, right? So, yep. Definitely. But it does give Michonne and the opportunity to kind of you know hide. What is it? Hack? Hijack? What's the? Yeah, hijack Maggie's brain, and then 
it kind of implants the idea of, oh, you don't know what to do with them, huh? Hmm. I wonder yeah. if, if there was like a thing of rules, maybe you could figure that out. Like you could naturally agree upon like some sort of rule book that's beyond you, maybe a council. Hmm. I didn't say yeah. council, did I? <laughs> maybe some like, you know, actual laws and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so it's not on you. And I think it's probably the big part of Maggie's problem is like she wants to be able to do something about Earl, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, what do I do? There's a part of me that's like, he did this to me and her and baby Herschel. Right. But then again, and it's kind of like what she says when um, they're discussing what to do about him. He's like, I didn't think he would do it the first time. Like, so I really don't right, know what to yeah. do with him. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's like she was not prepared for this sort of situation. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, end of story. Maggie prioritizes the hilltop. And that's not a surprise because, I no, mean. She just all- sticks with her guns. That's what, she's, that's what she's been consistently saying. Yeah. And with whatever Gregory said as his final words with Tammy and Earl as respected members of the community and already disagreeing with Rick but feeling like she has to go along with it mm-hmm. there's I there's you know she has to double down I think she really she's really really prioritizing Hilltop in the manner of like not only their needs first but also like showing them that they're really she's really on their side I think that was a big the big effect really of having to do with Gregory is now just proving that he's wrong yeah you know like yeah. I have to kind of show these people no matter what that I'm in their corner you know yeah. if that means saying no to you when it comes to the plow as just a political move yeah I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do that <laughs> yeah Okay, so bridge drama, and that's yeah. that's kind of where we get to the baby Gracie conversation. But and Daryl is a dad. Um, but yeah, the Justin and Henry incident. Yeah, yeah I mean Henry's th- just going around trying to basically hydrate everyone. You know, yeah, that that's basically it. He's going around just trying to keep everybody hydrated with this cooler that he's dispensing. Like everybody gets one drink, it seems. Again, here we are with the socialist kind of you know <laughs> way of doing it. I mean, the look, workers no one... control the means of production. My <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so bad yeah. but no I mean so basically he's like going around you know everybody gets their cup of like water and this what, is it Justin is his name Justin yes his name's that, Justin yeah Justin okay who's been in many things actually oh, yeah uh, Zach McGowan yeah he's, he's one of those guys that it's like you see him and you're like wait I, where have I seen, I seen you, you somewhere before exactly it's like I've seen you in many things so basically he kind of you know isn't isn't uh, what is it satisfied with one cup no. and and basically takes the cooler upon himself to like actually what is it he puts it over his head doesn't he and like kind of just drinks tries to get the last few drops yeah yeah you know which Henry doesn't kind of appreciate because while Henry tried to kind of like say hey hey no like you know everybody it needs to last for everybody yeah. you know he's sort of like eh, whatever you know kind of pushes him aside does his thing whatever and Henry well you know takes that stick of his and uh you know the morgan stick yeah and hits him where you know hits him where it hurts the most well no no he didn't hit him there well where do you, where do you think it hurts the most the knee <laughs> like the back of the knees no didn't he put it in between his legs oh he did but like not not there no no he he used his own leverage against him he kind of wedged it between his legs and kind of you oh know, is that what he did yeah oh okay yeah so <laughs> Still hurts, I would imagine. Yeah, it's like he just used his weight against him and tripped him. That's all. Oh, yeah, okay. That's all. I think my computer froze, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see in a second, but um, yeah. Anywho. Oh, wait, maybe. Mm, I don't know. Okay, doesn't matter. We're going to... Oh, there's something going on. Are you still there? I'm here. Oh, good. I mean, look, it's good to have a partner. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, the worst part about it is that my, my phone is about to die. Oh, oh no. Got a 3% battery. This is pathetic. Oh, I hate when that happens. But, um, worst. yeah, I mean, you, you might have to leave this conversation because I don't know if I have anything I can do about that. But What, um, about the, the phone charging? I could probably reach into my bag and, and get the charger, but mm, we'll see. <laughs> um, but, yes, the bridge drama. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this whole thing starts this, you know, yeah, I mean, kind of rivalry. Well, there, there are, the rivalry is already there. This basically was just kind of like the spark to just ignite. It, yeah. essentially that's how i feel i feel like the tensions are already rumbling the, the resentment is already there and this was just sort of like the, the thing to kind of like set it off essentially and, yeah. and that's that's basically what happened and it becomes like uh uh i mean it's I, I don't know who was it who basically told justin it's like hey don't don't feel you know embarrassed about that or whatever and you know oh but, we find out his name in the sneak peek, by the way. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's not even the sneak peek. It's the AMC sneak peek. Oh, okay. I will tell you his name now. Mm-hmm. His name is Mud. Mud. That's... <laughs> My name is Mud. They call him Mud. I guess the saviors. So. Mm-hmm. I thought you might have known that guy's name from the comic. I thought that might have had significance no, to it. No, not to my recollection. Yeah. Well, in the sneak peek, he refers to Maggie as... So your your name is the widow, you know, referring uh-huh. to Simon's term, mm-hmm. um, and he goes, "My name is Mud." So like mm-hmm. he, they're, they're, I'm assuming they're both using you know nicknames, but mm-hmm. you never know, you know, if how, you know, no, you never know with parents, right? Here, here's a side note in terms of sneak previews and and scenes from next week or whatever. Did you see the scene with Maggie on like a wagon next to Cal? I think. Oh yeah, that was the scene that was referring uh, to. So that that's, oh, that so the a- AMC one is the extended version of that. Ah, it's the extended version of that version so you saw that scene with cal and maggie or whatever yeah do you think that there's anything that's gonna happen there oh so in the scene actually i if if you want to if you want to bring it up right now it's um the scene actually pull it where is where maggie she's delivering the food down to um the sanctuary actually Mm. and you know and the bunch of them and uh, and it's exactly these people and i'm now i'm just working off of memory it's uh laura arat um mud uh um oh there's more uh, yeah, whatever, a bunch of them. And they stop Maggie and Cal on the road because they're trying to figure out where Justin is mm. and the peep and the saviors that are nowhere to be found because you think they'd come back to Sanctuary, but they didn't as... Um, oh, my computer's coming back. As... Um, as Alden actually mentioned, like, you know, right. I talked to some people and these people have families. They wouldn't just up and disappear, blah, blah, blah. Right. So... He's the he and obviously this guy Mud is being kind of a dick and um, he's saying yeah maybe uh, maybe you did maybe you mess with them and uh, maybe you do have the fuel and maybe you're just you know uh, it, it just and he goes to the back of the truck and takes a tomato and starts eating it you know being that kind of usual typical shitbag kind of character mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so it really just boils down to Maggie delivering the food as promised, as she says to Michonne by the end of the episode. We can skip to that because that's just not there's not much to it, but there's reasons for why she does it. But um, um, but then uh, there there these people are out there and they're kind of looking threatening. But I don't think anything's going to happen necessarily. Mm-hmm. Not sure could be, but because mm-hmm. um, there's other sneak peeks that kind of say otherwise. But. Um, but yeah, uh, they're both looking for. Actually, I mean, technically, they're, they're both kind of looking for the saviors. They're both trying to figure out what's going on, but they're not really looking at what it could be, rather than what it really couldn't be. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. could be each other. Like, why would you hijack the fuel? Why would you hide it? Why would you 
you know, why would they take Justin? I mm. mean, is it that bad? You know, like, are they taking hostages? No, they have everything. So why would they need to do that? You know? Mm. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so here's the deal. They start, it cuts to commercial and then goes back to, um, it goes to Eugene and Rick again. And, and you, here's the thing. This is the funniest thing. Do you remember sardine mac and cheese? Eugene's yes. um, college fuel, yes. basically. Yeah. So he brings up this other recipe idea, which kind of makes me start to think that maybe making ma- sardine mac and cheese in the future is a terrible idea. He he says I can probably repurpose spoiled foodstuffs. Ooh. Boil down some ketchup, and with some of the cukes, you know, the cucumbers, I could probably make a, a hearty gazpacho. Jeez. Right. I, now I'm starting to question his um his judgment on on food yeah. choices. <laughs> yeah. But as he's saying this, Rick is noticing the fight on the bridge, and he breaks it up. Right, right. You know, it makes it does make you wonder, like, what are the consequences of that, of him doing that, or like, do you think he should just let him fight it out, or? Uh, you kind of learn by the end of the episode that he can't win them all. You know. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think it was going to have to happen. Otherwise, like, it would have just been like a melee, you know, on a freaking bridge. I mean, yeah. You know, in terms of focusing on the task at hand, we got to fix this bridge. Stop it. And get back to work. Right. It's too important. And that that is a very good point. Like, there's not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things need to be in place. You know, you're not going to get your food. This is like, there's not, there's no, you know, there's no like full thought here. It's just right. all about the tensions, and and they can't put that stuff aside for, for mm-hmm. one second. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Oh, and but the, it's the way that Rick did it too. Mm-hmm. What Rick said exactly was get back to work. Do you think he should have said something else or just pulled Justin aside or talked to Daryl? I mean, all they did was huddle up in the tent to figure out what to do about Justin. But, like, shouldn't they have just pulled Justin aside and whatnot? And yeah, Rick probably still had hopes that, you know... I mean, again, maybe it goes back to this whole, like, is somebody redeemable or not? And by the end of the episode, he's sort of like, no, you're a dipshit. You need to go, you know? Yeah, and Maggie comes to that conclusion as well as about, about Gregory. Like, finally, mm-hmm. kind of like... Mm-hmm. I think Maggie had doubt, a little bit of doubt about Gregory, you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, based on... maybe, But maybe based more on the outcome rather than the action. Like, right. Oh, maybe if I would have done this a bit differently like the ends the means so was it the ends don't justify the means Mm -hmm. but the ends are justified (laughs) so like yeah she it's not perfect but you know still not ashamed everybody yeah i'm not ashamed anyway um yeah okay so here we go daryl is taking the maggie approach yes okay yeah so like it's it's basically the question is do so basically, Maggie's philosophy is like, okay, they're shitbags, and we let them live. And Daryl's kind of showing that he's thinking the same thing. But, um, you know, the, the easy question to ask is that do, ba- do bad people get a pass because the bridge needs to get built? It's the same thing as Maggie. Does Earl, quote-unquote, get a pass? Because he doesn't really get a pass. But do we? are we a little bit more lenient? Do we let Earl, you know, forge the plow or reforge the plow? Um, you know, because just because we need to get things done for the rest of the communities to make the community not suffer. And so, like, I want to know what you think about that, because what were you thinking? Like, it's, it is kind of a struggle. It's like, what do you do about that? Right. Yeah. Mm, it's a tough one. But that goes back to the whole, like, who decides who's redeemable and who's not. Exactly. And that's that's the hard part. Who yeah. makes that call? Yeah. How do you make that call? With mm-hmm. what means? Right. I mean, even right. if you have laws, like, okay, who, who's going to enforce them? That's that's the other part about it too. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have laws, but then who gets to put them into play? Right. Yeah. No. So, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, Rick is also noticing that too many savers have walked off, and they can't afford to just you know let people go. Yeah. And the one thing I noticed about Carol throughout the you know at least the first part of the argument is that like she kind of they kind of really stay in um, consistency 
when it comes to her character because she does tend to wait and listen. You know, she stays in the background, absorbs yeah. what people are saying, and then yeah, she reacts she in kind. So I kind mm-hmm. of noticed that she was like, her hands are folded. She was tracking them with her eye movements and stuff like that. And she was kind of like chimed yeah. in when necessary. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. But ultimately, she agrees with, with Daryl. She's like... Um, you know, like even though everybody needs to move forward, um, you know, it, it just seems like you're not listening. You're like you're not yeah. listening to what's going on. You're not realizing the reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, he, even Rick mentions, and this is something I said in the last episode, was that like even Rick acknowledges that you know it, it may have been because Gregory was hanged, but it may have been way before that. Like he's starting to kind of come around. It's like Rick's uh, Gregory's hanging kind of showed him a little bit some of those troubles, you know, that, that everybody was having, especially mm-hmm. the hilltop. He was kind of like I think he was kind of taken aback by. Maggie's kind of putting her balls on the table saying, yeah. you know, hey, uh, I've got the nuts. This is, it's going to go my way. You know, you're going to use mostly saviors for this job. Right. So I think that's what kind of alerted him to that. But, um, yeah. Um, oh yeah. And if you noticed it, you know, when they all leave, Carol and Daryl, you know, mm-hmm. Daryl, then Carol rather, uh, he has the key to the future on, the, on his desk. Yes. I and he flips that. it over. Yeah. He seems like a... something to notice there. Yep. Yeah. I noticed that as well. Um, oh, I just sniffed at the mic. Okay, so now we're at with Anne and Father Gabriel. All right. Okay, let's get your initial impressions because that didn't sound very good. <laughs> no, 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 not, not. Um, I'm, it's not a bad thing. It's just like I was like, whoa, you know. I, no, I was pleased with the whole, you know, um, Jada's Anne Gabriel thing, just because I feel that, um, and I kind of mentioned this, like I don't know to who, but what I liked about season one was uh, one of the things that I liked about season one was the relationship between Shane and Lori, in the sense that I think it's far more realistic in an apocalyptic setting to have the sort of lustful relationship that the two of them had rather than the sort of romantic relationship that Ezekiel and Carol have because right. I think in times of an apocalypse very few people are going to honestly get, get it up they're going to have they're not going to give a shit about like flowers and roses and romance and rings and whatever like right. they're going to be sort of like well you know the world's gone to hell so it's like might as well you know have some fun you know if nothing else I feel like that would be the more prevalent mindset. And I think that what happens between Jadis slash Anne and Gabriel is basically that. So I was like, oh, that, you know, that sounds about right. You well, know? Kind of like a good mix because it's clear that Gabriel has feelings for her. And, yes. and something that I don't even know that I pointed out online, maybe, mm-hmm. is... Do you remember who the Heapster's first hostage was? It was Father Gabriel. Exactly. He was the one. He was the one that they took. Exactly. So how interesting, has, how interesting so that is that? he has a relationship. Out yeah. of all the people, by the way, mm-hmm. that could be the most pissed, it would be him. So interesting. And then in the end, it's kind of like they become this thing. I wonder if it's all going to come back in some way, shape, or form because... We never were completely clear on the circumstances of his capture. You yeah, know what I, mean? I mean, that was never. He was like caught outside Alexandria. Wasn't that the case? It was never made very clear how that happened. Yeah, I think all you saw were those boots in two of the episodes, like prior. Like, okay, they have boots and they're watching them. But other than that, we don't really know much. Oh, yeah. Okay, so do you? Okay, do you remember the the organist that they were sketching? That, sorry, the yeah. organist that he's referring to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what she looked like? It was the. I mentioned this also like um, I think I remember the sketch yeah well you remember the sketch but you remember the walker that she represented 
Oh, I think I'm not sure if that's when Bob got it. No, no, he didn't get that. Um, but yeah, it's when they were um, looking at that. I think it was the library, maybe. But she was in that basement, and she was like wearing that kind of pink cardigan outfit with the red glasses. She looked like a librarian almost, the organist. Oh, really? Yeah, that was her. And they actually, by the way, they acknowledged that. I was kind of like patting myself on the back. They acknowledged it on Talking Dead. Look in at one you. Of, yeah, in one of those um, um, behind the scenes, I guess, or something like, or like um, going inside the dead mm-hmm, scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, they showed a picture of the walker, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, I called it. That's cool. I mean, it's not a stretch. They, sh- they literally showed a picture of her. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but I thought it was pretty cool. And, like, they actually made stuff, that stuff relevant. You know what I mean? They made it relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and they gave her an actual story, you know, like a, a significance, like a real tangible significance like Father Gabriel's life. Mm-hmm. So, but I love the idea. I love the idea that she represents him being too afraid to make a move. Yeah. You know what I mean? And which is why he gets so f- spooked or explaining oh, the fact or like his previous spooked outness of seeing her, you know, as, yeah. as a walker. Yeah, you know? no, that, that, that does make sense. And it all kind of ties back. So, yeah, it gives it more significance, I think, because I think more that was more like a surface thing. And initially mm-hmm. when he was told to play that part and, and react to that role. Well, and then there's the other factor, too, like recognizing the fact that they were both kind of shunned you know, more yeah. Father Gabriel. Uh, Well, no, more Anne. But um, yeah, Father Gabriel was not trying trusted by them for like seasons i think yeah no several seasons like well two seasons for valid reasons yeah completely valid reasons and same thing with Anne. it's kind of like well okay all of a sudden you're somebody that we can rely on trust you know as a person as somebody in our group and they kind of Mm. brought that up in the sneak peeks too by the way it's Mm. like my money's on on uh what would they call her garbage girl or something like that oh my god yeah the guy named (laughs) mud says that by the way he says that he calls her garbage girl like when they have that that standoff you know um Mm. but like these two like people that typically you know, first of all wouldn't get together mm-hmm. but also like these two untrusted people find like trust within themselves so interesting yeah isn't it um and then also like um she's kind of putting the moves on uh, father gabriel very much so yeah i think he needs that he needs a little uh, somebody to break him out that of the was, show that whole thing was pretty funny yeah yeah i think that's gonna change him in a way oh you, i'm sure you kind of see that also with um when you see those little scenes where he's recording Magna and, and all the rest of them. Yeah, confident. There's there's a little, like, yeah, there's like a there's little... There's confidence there. Assuredness in, the, yeah, in his voice, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something that we wouldn't see from before. Like, you'd see usually see, like, kind Father Gabriel. But this was more like an assertive kind of, like, look, you know, when, when, when you're in those scenes. I don't know, I thought yeah. it was kind of cool. Um, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. We go from the sketch of the organist right that that gabriel describes to Anne, right at the end mm-hmm. of that scene we, we the camera or the edit goes straight from that shot of that woman in the sketch straight mm-hmm. to glenn's face in the office of maggie's office i thought that was clever because doing that tells you that oh at one point Anne and maggie got together and from memory just like the organist woman that Ga- gabriel gave her the info to draw from memory mm-hmm. she drew she sketched and painted glenn from memory from maggie's memory yeah, so there's something there's something going on here like so like you know Anne obviously had this thing with maggie and commissioned her to paint these pictures mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so like it, it it implies like maybe a sort of relationship that they may have right you know obviously she must be grateful because there's more than just one mm-hmm. painting of, of glenn yeah so i thought that was clever using that edit is also a storytelling device mm-hmm. just sprinkle like same as the last episode just sprinkling in implications mm-hmm. i thought that's just so goddamn clever Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Oh, okay. 
here's another thing just right after that you know obviously doing the talking they're talking back and forth about um, the school and all that stuff but the thing that I found interesting was you know Jesus picks up this letter it's obviously the Commonwealth it's with G with for Georgie you know I thought yes. it was for, I thought it was for Gregory at first <laughs> but yeah you see him pick up the letter he's like oh you know they still want to recruit you and it's first of all there's a lot going on in that statement one is that they're communicating yes exactly via letters like you what okay yeah yeah like like it's like, you know, USPS. Yeah, who's delivering these letters? How are they coming? There's a lot going on here. Like, cause mm-hmm. as far as you know, like, they're out of out of touch. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, no, no, exactly. It's like, I think that that was, to me, that was a very interesting tidbit because, like you said, they're still in communication somewhat on a regular fashion. Right. And Georgie keeps pleading, I guess, or making the case for Maggie to go to and join, join her. Them. And I think that that is Maggie's exit. When I heard that, I was like, and that's how Maggie exits the show. Oh, see, I didn't think that. First of all, I was already floored by the fact that joining her, join her? Wait, join her? What? How? It would make, it would make what? At the, at the mother of all bunkers. That's where Maggie's going to go. <laughs> yeah, but you and what, I know what, that. What the government has already right now. Basically, oh, that's where Maggie's going to go. Which, by the way, there's... By the end of the episode, you're getting you get a sense that maybe this is real because you do see, and this is just worth dropping. Is just um, wait, was it the helicopter? Because yes, it wasn't it was. as loud. It I was, was. I was it wondering was. if it was an actual plane. Uh, I might need to rewatch it, but I think it was a helicopter. But I will double check. I will watch it. Yeah, yeah. Get, just, turn the sound up. Put headphones mm-hmm. on if you need to. Because I had mm-hmm. headphones on. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hear because hel- I don't think helicopters can fly that high. Do you know, know. what I mean? Well, but the last time I tried to compare with the last time that Jada saw the helicopter when she had Negan trapped. Yeah, well, that was loud. I remember when she it was loud. Yeah, and yeah. it was windy and it was picking up wind and they couldn't but I think no, no, no. But it was you know, it was far it was far enough away but it was still making noise. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder. Yeah. Mm. Like Led Zeppelin. Oh, it mm. makes me wonder. Um, mm. But yeah, I was just floored by the fact that, okay, joining that, like the Maybe idea of joining go. her. She's going to go. She's going to go to the Commonwealth. And that's going to be the exit of Maggie on the show. And potentially Rick's as well. Yes, that's what I think. Yeah. I think I think both of them potentially could be going to the Commonwealth because the Commonwealth have the resources there for a mother who has a child. And let's say Rick has an injury that mm. requires like more, more than just like a few stitches or something. Right. Or yeah. he's hanging on death's door, potentially. Well, you actually, know? yeah, that's interesting. Um, it's like that could be, you know, that helicopter could take him and Maggie to the Commonwealth where they can be, you know, first of all, like to make contact as representatives of these communities and basically kind of meet with Georgie's people of the Commonwealth because Georgie is part of the village. She's not the entire right. in the comments or whatever. So yeah, I I think I I'm pretty sure that when I saw that when I heard that little nugget and I saw that scene, I was like, Maggie's going to the Commonwealth. That's what's happening, and it leaves the door open for the future. Holy shit. That's my thought. I think so, too. Yeah. Jesus finally talks to her about Maggie. About, sorry, talks to Maggie about um, the issue of Earl. Like, basically, Tammy, first of all, he introduces it by saying, like, look, Tammy's just waiting outside his cell. Like, what do you want to do about this? Right. This is not going away. Yeah. And, you know, Maggie, Maggie's first instinct has been, by the way, to kind of say, are you questioning me? Which always gets me goddamn nervous, by the way. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but she hung a dude. But I can't. I did, like, a football touchdown with what, with what? But, uh, I keep saying, wanting to say Tom Payne with what um, Jesus says. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says basically, 
you know, good people can disagree. Yeah. You know, she says you're you're a good person, and good people good people can disagree. Yeah. I th- you know, and and there's something so great about how he cho- chose his words because I just I just did the, this fo- football touch and I said classical liberalism, mm. classical liberalism. It's the idea of just tolerating the views of others. You know, I, it's to start. You know, respecting yeah. other people's ideas, respecting. I mean, embracing liberty while you know discussing diverse opinions and stuff like that, and accepting that. Well, mm-hmm. not accepting them, but but like not. But it was like reading something about how it's not about because she says it's do you think I'm wrong and he goes it's not about being right or wrong I can say you're right or wrong and that's subjective mm-hmm. honestly good people disagree and that's yeah. fine you're still my friend mm-hmm. you know and it just got me thinking like I think more people need to talk like that I think a lot of people are good yeah. I don't I think a lot of people are shouting over their heads over each other's heads I see it all the time I see it on Facebook I see it on Instagram I see it on like stupid comments about like what people think of Daryl and, and all that stuff mm-hmm. and it's just like you're wrong like you're wrong like well both, you're both wrong he's fictional so right. <laughs> he's not right. a real person so but they like that, that's the thing it's like it, it doesn't really matter but like even like political opinions and stuff like that like at the end of the day it's like stop shouting over each other man mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're not neither of you is, is right or wrong in how you feel both right. of you want good things honestly I mean mm-hmm. at the end of the day you can find a bridge a bridge to build between each other ah. <laughs> but that's the point he he put the keystone in that bridge mm-hmm. He's, he, what he said was the keystone to everything to what this episode means mm-hmm. and I thought that was just I was so pleased with that with what he said it's just so poignant it just covers more than just the show you know just mm-hmm. everything I'm feeling inside Carol it's everything nice. Everything. Um, so let's check that box. Okay. Okay. So here we go. It's the, let's get to the scene with Tammy and Earl, and, and and as a result of that conversation, implied that when you see Tammy go down the stairs and meet, meet up with Earl, um, what you think about that whole scene? That was very heartfelt. Thought it was a good scene. Thought it was well done. Yeah. It says everything that Earl basically says about Tammy. Like yeah. Like um, because I mean, for, you you see her meet up with Earl ahead of time. Was it ahead of time saying like I didn't expect to have to put you in here? You built these mm-hmm. this cell. Yeah. I didn't think you would be the first person I put behind them. Yeah, especially since you're the one who made them. <laughs> so, you go figure. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the whole thing like with with him saying, you know, I forgive you, I forgive you, that sort of thing, and like him saying, like, well, listen, it's not like I, I thank you, but mm-hmm. you're not the person I need forgiveness from. Right. You know, and and it does bring to the fore, like I, I think the main takeaway from all that whole interaction is that first, I mean, first of all, you get the idea of Maggie struggling to kind of you know break that horse inside her that's kind of you know raging, saying he deserves it, and shoot for something a little higher ideal. I mean, yeah. I don't know how long that feeling's going to last. Right. By the way, I mean, just from the look of the sneak peeks, for goodness sake. Um, yeah. But it's kind of a nice, a nice calm to the storm. It, it allows her just enough wiggle room to actually, to actually um, let Earl out mm-hmm. and allow him under guard. You know, he's under armed guard um, yeah. to, for, to forge, to reforge that plow. And as, as she says to Mich- Michonne near the end of the episode, you know, so mm. in the end, she does the right thing. She's able to get the food surpluses because of that and, and all that stuff. But then there's that one part where Michonne basically asks him why, you know, after she sat down and spoke with him, she's like, why? Because she doesn't say it right away to Earl. She goes, mm-hmm. thank you. And then she explains to Michonne, like, yeah, I did it because, um, well, you can say it. Well, no, she basically talks about her, her father, Herschel, and how he apparently was a drinker. But, you know, he was able to redeem himself and his everything 
that Herschel did, you know, affected plenty of other people. His life affected plenty of other people. So if he was able to be able to be redeemable, why well, not her? But somebody had to give him a second chance to be redeemed. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, exactly. So, you know, had they not done that, like Ray, Carl, having been shot, there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of things that would have never happened. Yeah. Just never happened. And Michonne says she's one of them. <laughs> So well, it makes sense. You. You're talking yeah. to the right person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And b- by the way, if do you remember the scenes with Rick and like, do you remember Herschel shaved his beard? Yeah. He, was, he shaved his beard and then like, and then they go to a bar, but he doesn't drink. He tells him he doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those scenes? Like I, I, I could rewatch that and I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. And then you bring that fact that, and that you make it true. a thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right. That's so cool. You I, I like these. I like these little throwbacks. You they know? make them, they make the series relevant. They really yeah. they don't waste anything. It's like it's like your mom telling you not to. Uh, they, like, did you have that mom that um, would tell you to kind of finish your plate, that sort of thing? Or yeah, if, yeah. And if you know, if you left like a sizable portion, they should definitely like, reuse it or something. <laughs> Mm-hmm, <laughs> or like mm-hmm. somebody else would eat it or something. Yeah, it's like that. They don't waste anything. They yeah. like they take every little tidbit and, and make it relevant. Absolutely. Kind of like kind of like the organist, you know, Father Gabriel's organist. Like okay, they make it a pot device. They make it a, a reason for him not to, to for being afraid to kind of hook up with Anne. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I and I love how they how she clearly defined you know obviously like resolved the conflict between like Earl and Gregory. She they said it out loud like why mm-hmm. why Gregory not Earl and yeah the whole redeemed and not redeemed you know right um let's see i'm not i don't really care about t- there is a little tidbit about arat and rosita i know we kind of brought it up but it, it's the idea that because throughout this episode you're seeing sprinkling of these of these conflicts mm-hmm. uh, the, like like conflict but tension between people who had previously had bad encounters so like one of those happens to be rosita and arat because mm-hmm. you mentioned yourself i think a couple times in the last season mm-hmm. uh that how arat like cut um rosita's face mm, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember when you I can literally go back to maybe like episode two or three or something like that. I remember you mentioning that, and then mm-hmm. now here they're having this conversation about trust. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's all coming together, which I really like, and making it relevant, right? Mm-hmm. Making it relevant. So like it's the two things. It's it's the idea that we're pitting these two together on purpose. Like they didn't have to be paired together. They could have said, mm-hmm. "No, I won't work with her." Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the showrunner said, "Okay, let's assume that they're they're doing it." Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes sense because now you're you're just you're forcing these people and they they're okay like yeah. I wouldn't trust you but here we are you know but here we are you know we're trying mm-hmm. um, Mother Goose Tara on the lookout so yeah, yeah the, the whole the whole thing there's there's two things going on in that scene I love the way they kind of did that well, like it's not often that you see by the way um, one person trying to have a conversation while the other one's trying to have a conversation like you usually just see people speaking in turns mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's to have that like rare moment where like Tara's trying to bug him and then Alden's trying to bug him and then like they're trying to fight for each other's attention you don't get to see that often on television right you know so I thought that was that was kind of interesting but that is like just the TV and film thing I don't think I've ever seen anything like that yeah no it was well done yeah but that whole yeah yeah that whole the whole kind of logistics thing though like of how they're trying to steer this herd and how they're doing it they they have a system down for how they handle these things oh yeah but and we find out that like there's Piper 1 and Piper 2 you know Jerry's Piper 1 he does his job but when Piper 2 is supposed to do his job you start to say like okay what happened to him oh who's that oh are they okay blah 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 and then you find out it's shitbag Justin yeah. by the end of it mm-hmm. I, I wasn't clear on that by the way at first no I was not totally clear on I was that. trying to figure out what that was all about mm-hmm. and then rewatching it again I'm like oh my god it's this guy again yeah and then you're like in the same camp as Daryl you're like you shitbag son of a bitch he deserves to have a 
backhanded pan in the face. Yeah. That's now been like, I'm not memed, but like edited to death. Like everybody's been like just taking that photo and redistributing it and regramming it and stuff like that. Because yeah. it's just so perfect. I know. It, it like makes perfect. me wonder if, if like Norman Reedus actually hit Zach McGowan in the face. It just looks that good. It does look really good. I flat out asked him. I'm like, dude, it looks like you hurt this guy. <laughs> And if you did, and if you and if you didn't, Zach McGowan, damn, that's good acting, man. Good acting, yeah. <laughs> no matter how you cut it. Yeah, exactly. No matter how you slice that motherfucker. Um. Okay. Yeah. And so what Alden has been struggling to say to Rick while the, all this drama is going on is that um he mentions the whole families thing about the sanctuary people that are missing and and it's it's a relevant point because normally you'd think that oh okay this these saviors are just going on the side they're trying to you know they're trying to stir some trouble they're trying to like they're just trying to leave you know if anything you know they just don't want to be a part of this fucking new future and stuff like that yeah um but it seems to be like he's inserting this plot device and again this guy is trusted by hilltop you know he still has ties to the sanctuary Alden can be a lot of things in the series by the way he Mm -hmm. has an opportunity right now yeah to bridge to bridge a gap (laughs) here we go here we go again. Yep. It all goes back down to that bridge. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? This key character. Ugh. Uh, but it's 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 like it, it's almost like overt when you really start to talk about it. But it's yeah, it's good. It's like it's very clever. Okay, the lumber crew scene because obviously because Piper Two isn't there, um, Aaron has his incident. The saviors on top uh-huh. of that that lumber the yes. lumber pile drop it on his arm as, as yeah, and as Aaron tries to push the other dude away, obviously it falls on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, awesome fight scene. Rick Rick gets to have this like interesting Donkey Kong moment yeah. when he shoots the string. All the logs kind of go down. Yeah, I was like, pew, pew. and zombies can't Mario jump. No, <laughs> nope, they can't. They get squashed. <laughs> yep, they get squashed. Yeah. Oh, that was so cool, by the way. What's good effects? Yeah, just just smushy faces off. Just like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of looked like it was like their faces like it was like a wiped turd or something. Oh. <laughs> something to that. I don't know. But um, yeah, I just it's it's just a very enjoyable scene. And like, really, like you're sitting there, you're getting riled up over what happens. It's like, oh my god, mm-hmm. they did this, and then then you also start to realize, oh, the beard, Aaron, he looks kind of like rick from the comic books a little yeah, bit yeah he does a and lot so, yeah yeah and by the way this wasn't like a i think ross just came in on on the first few days of, of table reads and stuff like that and he said why did and everybody's like why did you grow the beard and he was like um i just kind of thought the character needed to change and i think they might have wrote that in like they because he, he looked so similar to the comic they just wrote really? yeah i think so because if you think about it i mean yeah it's a good way of like moving the story along in terms of increasing the ratcheting tensions between you know the saviors and everybody else right Mm -hmm. but you know it didn't have to be there there's all this other stuff you know what I mean right so I think having that adds the Aaron and Norman uh, Norman uh, Aaron and Daryl are you know in love with each other kind of aspect they could push that together I don't know yeah sure um oh oh and the best part of that scene and I know it's stupid but like just watching um what's her name uh Venskis um the first Oceanside girl that comes out, woman that comes out, with a harpoon. She mm. shoots a harpoon at the first walker's head. <sighs> I And, like, with that, first of all, with that perfect pose, that action pose, like, like she shoots it off screen, and they pan yes. to her, and she has that kind of, like, look, like, yeah, mm, yeah, here's a good profile shot. I was like, that is so badass. It was. And then the rest of them rushing behind her, that kind of thing. It's, like, a scene out of, like, Avengers or, like... <laughs> Like right. the 300 or something. 
Mm-hmm. Oh man, they're 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 like giving everybody like a little bit of like you know screen time basically. Now when Daryl finally con- confronts Justin, I wasn't clear to me at first how bad it was because mm-hmm. it's one thing if he just kind of jerked off and like didn't bother turning on the thing or did, you know, doesn't care or whatever. But then just to find out that the walkie is it's a solar walkie, like I know. it recharges in the sun. I I didn't catch that at first. I'm like, oh my god, this is so bad. Like he's it's just solar, yeah, yeah, solar powered walkie, and it's just kind of like either he's just complete idiot, which is entirely possible. Yes, entirely possible. Very much so. Um, or like 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 part of me thought that okay, maybe he's kind of like um like what's is the word mentally challenged like no, or like a learning disability or something because like, you don't know. He doesn't say much. He's just no. kind of angry <laughs> he's just always angry he's always pissed off kind of dumb like what are you doing what um mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know yeah because he like i keep thinking like okay he, there is a, he's like he's exactly like rick says about him by the end of it when rick tells him to leave you know and he tells him to leave specifically because um i don't know what your bitch is angry about that sort of thing right like, yeah there's what you know i didn't do anything mm-hmm. and rick is about to see the person that he says nothing happened you know, and it's kind of like, again, taming that wild horse, man. <laughs> Rick kind of just yeah. reined it in and said, I know shit bags like you. I used to pick up dirt bags I like know. You. I like that reference. How awesome was that reference? It was very cool because it's sort of like, yeah, like when I was a cop, I used to pick up like morons like you, drunk on a Friday night or whatever, you know. I love that. I had a and, visual. And why is it so good? I'll tell you why. It's exactly the same thing as um, what I was saying about Maggie. Like, bringing it back to season two, mm-hmm. her on the horses with Glenn and blah, 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 and knowing that this is what she does on the farm, and they're bringing it back to season nine. But yeah. the one thing that we never, ever get to see, ever, and, like, not even really when um, Deanna made Rick, like, the security guy, mm-hmm. he didn't really get to see him being a cop. Not no. really. You, not you saw good. him dress kind of like one, but he didn't act like one no but, but for him to kind um, of really bring that up by the way is is huge we never really get to hear him talk about being a cop not like john dory yeah by true. the way yeah i mean that brings up a whole conversation about fear characters actually talking about their lives um but but yeah that was the that's that's been a kind of a critique that we kind of forget every season is that the one thing we kind of wait to hear is kind of like him incorporating some of him being a cop but mm-hmm. like between the bad aim and that Negan scene last season, like near the end, yeah, like <laughs> just yeah, you like when when he started shooting Negan, kept missing. We were like all like, "Are you sure you he used to be a cop? Yeah, are you sure?" <laughs> and I think he proved himself this episode by shooting the strings. I think so. In the Donkey Kong moments, <laughs> yes. But that's great. That's it's great that they kind of brought that element because we never got to see it. We never got to see it ever. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we all, and the people that remain just kind of accepted it, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's just how the show's going to be. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. There's a question here. Do you mm-hmm. think Daryl should have tempered his emotions with when it came to Justin? Well, I mean, it probably didn't help matters. Right. But I, yeah. Yeah. There's a part of me that agrees with him wholeheartedly. Like, mm-hmm. I was really angry. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then when you think about it, if he would have just taken a breath, listened to Justin for a second, figure out what, where everything went wrong, express why his job was so important. I mean, especially like leading walkers away. Jesus, Louise, come on, man. Yeah. From the bridge or from the lumber, actually. Yeah. I mean, his people were there. Mud was there. <laughs> Mud. Yeah. Um, it does bring up a good point because, like, you could agree with Daryl all you want, but it doesn't make it right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, he he's a shitbag, and maybe he'll never be reached, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you can't get everybody to join, come along for the journey. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we get to do that. And Carol sees that, too. Right. She's like, okay, yeah. enough pookie. I know. Um, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it does prove that Michonne is right. Too. Mm-hmm. And everybody in their own way kind of acknowledges by the end of it that, like, okay, we do need something that's bigger than ourselves. You know? Yep, absolutely. Now we get to this interesting part. Um, Rick visiting Aaron. And and Rick, so there's this thing. I mean, Rick, you start to see it, the scene go a certain way. And when I was watching this, I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Rick is going to start apologizing. He's going to start backpedaling. He's, he's not, he's going to... He's not going to necessarily do things the old way, uh-huh. but he's going to be like, you know, he's going to, you know, obviously he's going to start listening more, but, um, you know, he's going to go back to some of, some of his own ways just because of what they did, you know, what their actions caused Aaron, like he's apologizing and then Aaron just stops him in his tracks. Mm. You know, he says, it's worth it. All of it's worth it. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, did you think when you saw that scene, did you think it was going to go that way? I wasn't sure what to expect, to be honest, from that yeah. scene. I, I kind of thought, I mean, you see that he's kind of going that way, like, almost backpedaling mm-hmm. like i'm sorry that this led to what happened to you that sort of thing yeah 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 you do get that feel which does tend to happen on the show though like something bad will happen and rick will kind of just backpedal you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and rick does acknowledge his impatience finally like you know yeah. let's be here let's be already here come on let's do it mm-hmm. um you know pushing people to the limits and aaron says it's worth it and daryl and daryl and, and just keep in mind daryl and edith are still there they're like listening to this right and daryl of all people who's not been listening to mm-hmm. you know rick is kind of just acknowledging like i'm i'm working towards something better but so that's the thing aaron says something very important like you don't understand like from my perspective mm-hmm. the world was supposed to end mm-hmm. and you being in the picture it, you know it turned that upside down like it's just yeah. not, it's not the end of the world anymore it's the start of a whole new one the whole right. new one you know? right mm-hmm. which it's easy to kind of get lost in what daryl and and maggie and even jesus have been saying about how you know these people they need to be put down and, and yeah like you know put up or shut up or something like that and 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 like kind of disregard rick and his, his new order mm-hmm. in the world but mm-hmm. like then you, when you see it from aaron's perspective it's kind of like with his arm cut off and everything it's kind of like man he is right like this could have been this this is kind of like you can't there's no other way to go really if you mm-hmm. if you backslide now like gregory um mm-hmm. and where is it where's it going to lead you yeah you're, you're no, just exactly. going to need a negan you know right um so then yeah you get to gabe and Anne, and they kind of knock boots yes and um, one thing I, I want to ask about that scene, though, is if Father Gabriel was keeping watch, do you think, do you think Justin would have been okay? No. <laughs> no, I don't I think don't so either. Think so. I, I was just wondering, though, because it's kind of like, where was he supposed to keep watch? There near the pond? I don't know. Anyway. Right. You never know. Or no, he was supposed to keep watch from the crane, right? Because that's where Anne ends up, but I'm not sure. Like, by yeah. the end of the episode, Anne is up there with her, with, if you didn't notice, because I know you watched the, the episode on well, your she phone. Had, what, had, what did she have in her hand? She had one of her old little, scul- she had, she had made a sculpture. Uh-huh. Kind of like the cat one from the junkyard, right? Uh-huh. But it was in the shape of a frog. It was like a mesh frog sculpture. Interesting. How okay. adorable is that? After Father Gabriel's explaining about the frogs and reminding them about the woods out back, she mm-hmm. makes it, she makes him a little frog sculpture so sweet it's very sweet um oh, okay now that scene where so there's a scene where okay you open up and rick is leaving a tent and he's and we, he, this was in the sneak peek by the way too like you see rick looking on the camp the campfire and people mm-hmm. surrounding it and they're all happy yes. mm-hmm. and if not for that scene with aaron i don't think he would appreciate that that campsite scene like with everybody right. just happy and, and you know having a normal life especially seeing carol and zeke mm-hmm. and, what, and what happens and Carol's just kind of like, uh, I could try that thing on, you know, see how it fits, you know? Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't fit, we have to take it to a jeweler and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, just for that. It's fine. Yeah. 
What does Ezekiel say? But I wrote a speech. <laughs> I know. So you can read it to me later. But he's really happy, though, by the <laughs> end of it. Like, I've never seen him smile that, that wide before. Yeah. You know that smiling where your eyes are closed? You're just kind of like... Yee. Yes. That was yeah. him right there. Yeah, it um, was. And, right. and Rick sees all of this, and that kind of, like, brings you back to Negan. Mm-hmm. He's like, you see all this thing. He's like, um, he actually says this exactly. He says, bad as bad as the day was, when it when it was done, they came together. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of them, but enough. Mm-hmm. Right. They, yeah. I mean, they, and they chose to be together at the end of the day. Right. No matter what happens, it's human nature to come together. Mm-hmm. That's just what we do. That's what he says. Um, and then, yeah, when, when am I going to get to see it? Never. Yeah, you're going to die behind these bars, Negan. <laughs> but she's not buying. He's like, mm. And they both point out, like, you know, like, wh- when are you going to stop acting like you're in charge? And, like, Negan says, you know, when are you going to pre- when are you going to stop pretending that you are? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's kind yeah. of a good point, though. It's really disturbing to me, too. Because hmm. if he's not in charge, sort of, who is? Um, yeah, and then mentioning Carl. Like, Negan tries to get under Rick's skin, Rick's skin by, like, mentioning Carl and... Yeah, he's like, so, don't do that. Yeah, one thing Rick's, one thing Negan says, and I don't know if he knows what it means or whatever, but like he says your family's gone. Mm-hmm. And there's Judith, right? Maybe just in, he's, it's just a general term. I mean, maybe. I mean, he, he did, me- I mean, I don't know if he mentioned Lori. Oh, he oh he found out about Lori through Carl. Do you remember what Carl said about yeah, how he had he to put down like, his mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he know he does know about everything. Yeah. So he knows. But, um, but so I guess he, does, do you think he knows about Judith, though? No, I think he knows that Judith is fine. Well, but it, that he's, is that Judith is his kid <laughs> or not his oh, kid? Oh, I don't know if he knows that. Uh, interesting, huh? Um, but he says, like, your family's gone. Like, well, do you, what? Really? Okay. Because he hung out with Judith and she held her, he, he held her in his arms. So, I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. And that's, so yeah, it brings you back to Anne with the plane in the sky. We pointed that out. We had to look at that again because, I mean, I, I want it to be the helicopter just for consistency's sake, but just the fact that there's just no noise whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then it gets you to the Justin scene, right? Mm-hmm. And what's clear about that scene is that he's seeing somebody that he's familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. But then he's knocked unconscious by them. Yes. Okay. So this is where we get to the good part. Um, mm-hmm. The part that we can just unpack everything that we've been thinking about with, with regard to the whispers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the horde on the bridge. The, the two hordes colliding. Two herds colliding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the saviors that are, are missing, right? Do you think that's the that's the whispers? I think so. Okay, Pretty safe sure. to say. Pretty sure. Now here's where it gets a little complicated. Um, him recognizing the person that he's talking to. You could still be a whisper because they skin their victims and wear their faces and, as masks. Exactly. So... I mean, at the end of the day, like, especially in those circumstances of being dark. At night, yep, yep. I think it's plausible. Yeah. It makes me kind of think, though, oh, my God, I hope this is not the case. No, because they're not that good. So hold on a second. Let's let's b- take a backtrack because I'm going to ask this question. Um, are the whispers that good when it comes to skinning their victims that if they skin them fast enough, they can look exactly like them? Yeah, I mean, they basically, like, skin them and kind of, like, sew up the back. So it's like a, like a literal, like, mask that you wear over your face. I mean, it's, I mean, granted, this is comic, so it's not necessarily, I don't know how it translates to screen and how well it would translate to screen. But right. I mean, it seems like Angela King is excited about some of the stuff that they're doing for the whispers and how they're doing these effects, how they're you know, they're putting their visual visualizing it, or how they've begun to start to put this together. Um, I I think it's them. I really do. Well, because it, it brings me back to that scene with Maggie, mm-hmm. and makes me wonder whether all those people, and I hope it's not all those people, because that some of them, like I kind of wanted to see what would happen with Laura, um, and and maybe Daryl, but I don't know. It sounds like she in one. 
part of the scene was kind of reasonable looking um, trying to break up everybody this is not what you want to do blah 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 but um, when it's a rot it's it's mud and it's um, mm-hmm. oh Regina that's that's who was there that's the, that was mm-hmm. the fourth person and then Laura um, that gets me thinking if they can do it so photo if they can be so convincing when it comes to like recently deceased people and skinning them and putting them on their faces as masks I mean could they like assume the identity completely of somebody else because then then it makes me kind of wonder whether they are sowing the division mm-hmm. you know what I mean like mm-hmm. really sowing the division like by being other people and maybe mud isn't the the, the guy's real name it's just um, I don't know I don't know I don't know it's just thinking a little too far ahead yeah yeah but um, yeah so sneak peeks and this is where things get a little juicy right um, uh, uh, Carol I'm here I am perfectly here I am the, just... o- the other Carol <laughs> she says that um, she says that they're going to fight whether they want whether they want it or not whether they want to or not you know it's just inevitable there's going to be a fight right. mm-hmm. um, and then it cue cue the, the, the basically the the standoff between the hilltop Oceanside and the Saviors um, but then she also says something like um, you know end it before end it before it begins and you see her holster her gun taking it out and it makes you start to think like okay is this old Carol again like old Orthodox Carol like cut it from the root kind of thing because if she's going to start to be authoritarian and all that stuff and just start right. to you know pluck things from the root and from the trunk mm-hmm. and all that stuff this could be pretty bad especially because when you consider the fact that like <clears throat> in, in another quick flash it shows that guy Mud you know, eyeing her pistol and stuff like that. And, and mm. as, as we both know, the saviors don't aren't armed. Right. They, are, they are armed for a reason because that's what mm. they did to them. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, the primary focus of the sneak peeks is expressing the fact that they're not armed and they're worried because now their people are disappearing. Right. Right. And they and they're feeling like, okay, you guys are going a little too far. Like, you know, you think that we're going to come out and we're going to try to shoot you guys, but like honestly, we just want to defend ourselves. And then there's a schism. Right. And, I mean, like, are, do you think they're in in some ways right though like do you think that like they, they have an argument though mm. like if their people are disappearing it's kind of like well you're not just gonna let us die are you right yeah no i think that they're acting out of reasonable fear for sure but here's the thing now do you agree with rick or do you agree with them when it comes to arming them mm, i wouldn't arm them mm. here's the key scene maggie and daryl we gave rick's way a chance what it's, wait wait say that again she says to daryl we give we gave rick's way a chance yeah, they did. Implying that no more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I think it's reasonable, unfortunately. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, snap. Schism. Sorry, Rick. Um, I mean, it's, it's a very ideal way of doing things, but not necessarily means that it works. You know, not every uh, not every good thing. What, what is the expression? Um, good, not every, everything, not everything that the good. What is it? The hard work is good and blah, blah, blah. Not everything good is hard or something like that. What is the expression? I can't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then Rick's voiceover, like just just kind of overlapping that scene almost, is like Rick says, "You do this, and there's no going back." Mm-hmm. And some people in the episode, like in like, uh, who says this? Um, oh, oh, um, Laura says this, or yeah, Laura says this to in, in the Talking Dead sneak peek. Okay, so you have mm-hmm. two people. You have DJ, the guy with the beard, and he kind of mm-hmm. like picks up the axe, right? And Laura kind of intervenes and says, mm-hmm. "No, dude, if you do this, you, there's just no going back." Also, so. She she says the same thing Rick is saying like you the, it, it makes you start to think that like there are people on both sides that are advocating to kind of calm down like if you go past this point it's going to ruin all the progress that we made there are some people that appreciate what's going on right now mm-hmm. and does not want it to kind of go down in flames so I mean I get it like I get 
everything that the saviors have done, you know. But I think a lot of them were kind of motivated out of fear, you know. Yeah. And that they they thought that this had to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rick comes in on a ho- on horseback to stop the fighting. Kind of cool season mm-hmm. one vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing is that you do see Carol by herself lurking around with her knife drawn. So mm-hmm. it makes me think that like she's in some sort of trying to chase somebody down and i think it's in the dark i'm not sure but like now i'm kind of worried like what's going on are we gonna maybe encounter some people i don't know is she gonna see is she gonna see something that she doesn't want to see too Mm. and that my friends is where we leave off i mean technically i think we we covered everything to death i think so too Uh, to the point where i'm gonna have a hard days at work tomorrow (laughs) we need to get some rest yeah, are you going to be able to get some rest? By the way, oh, I will. Yeah. Oh, I, I will. It will happen. Okay, I yeah. need to. I'm glad. I mean, Eddie's going to basically take care of them, right? No, I'm just going to like hit the hit the sack as soon as we are as soon as we wrap up, and you know, no fool around, like no scoping the internet, whatever. Just go straight to sleep. And... Oh yeah, because you're in the business center, right? So I was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. But like, I just meant in terms of, like, will you be able to like kind of sleep in? You know, mm, there's no sleeping in when you're. <gasps> oh no. No, there's no sleeping in anymore. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. <laughs> I get so, by. I mean, I, I'm just a bad person, so sometimes I oh just come into work late or something. Um, but yes, I've done that too. Yeah, I know. I, I I could tell. Like after a while, just kind of like you just can't keep coming into work on time when you're going to sleep at two in the morning no, or something. No, and I mean I, I gauge it depending on the day. If it's a day where I feel like I could potentially do that, and it's not going to, you know, the world isn't going to fall apart because I'm a little late in mine, you know, like yeah. But if like it's if a day you have where to be like, up oh, for a specific reason, right? It's... Yeah, then it's sort of like okay, I know that I, I have the flexibility to work with it, but I mean there are other times where I'm like, man, I have no wiggle room here. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way. I've been there. And yeah. you get that like hour, two hours, and then you're up, and then you just. And you know yeah, what? Yeah, you have no other choice. Yeah, when you motivate yourself, it's kind of like, you know what? We're here. We just got to do it. I know that when one, one or two o'clock, three o'clock is going to roll around, I'm going to have a hard time. But yeah, but yeah I'll be up, you know? Mm-hmm. It's that like air. It's that. It's the same feeling you get when you have to be up for a flight. It's yeah. like you get up, Oof. you're done, you got to make that flight, so mm-hmm. it's happening, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, no, I hear you. So I'm hoping I don't have to be that way tomorrow. <laughs> so, there you go. As long as you're not catching a flight, I think we're okay. Thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, everybody, um, Carol, enjoy the fun in the sun. I think largely our broadcast was successful. To be honest, I think there are tweaks that we can do to kind of get it to work better live in the future. But yeah, I think we did. Pr- we got like a basically an hour and. Over an hour and a half in. That's good. By the way, it's not That's bad. That's good. Yeah. Not bad at all. Um, yeah. So uh, I, we could still be broadcasting. I don't even know. I'll say that <laughs> much. I'll say that much. Um, but with that, uh, have fun. And Thanks. I guess we're going we're gonna to see you guys on Sunday. And Carol, you'll be back? I'll be back. By then? Okay. I will be back. I'll be okay. back on the East Coast and in the US of A. And we'll be preparing for Walker Stalker Con. God, more to come on that. Oh, yeah. And lastly, but not leastly, is that we're going to be working on some giveaways, too, hmm. in the future. We're going to integrate a little giveaway system in the, uh, on the website. Exciting. And we're, we're working on the prizes. They're in the, they're in the works. Yep. And they're going to be some good They're going to be some good things, too. We're going to put some money down. For some good prizes that you're gonna love, and we're gonna shut this. Uh, we're gonna shut this uh, singing shit down, and uh, and uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday, and um, talk to you soon. See you next time in person, maybe. Oh. <laughs> good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs>